Welcome to The Ether. Today is Wednesday, April 6, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership, NFTs, and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part one of a two-part Cosmos Spaces space with the IBC gang talking Luna and Cosmos 101. It's the Cosmonaut Bootcamp. Let's take a listen. So what have you been up to lately? Been exploring anything new in DeFi? Anything on Terra, other chains? I know Juno's been the center of so much attention still without it being done yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty impressed the way the devs have been pretty open and and jack's jack's been real open about uh, just letting people know what's going on with it sound it sounds like they got a good diagnostic of what's going on so um you know i guess from what i was reading it's like that is a default for um the tendermint system like if if the validators aren't agreeing or something's not going right it, it'll I mean, it, yeah, it's the last resort. You don't want to shut the whole chain down, but that's that's what it does when yeah. everything's not agreeing with each other. Consensus when they can't find consensus. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the better reasons a chain could shut down. <laughs> like I'd prefer that to number of other reasons to cause a chain halt better than you know Solana, where they can just kind of choose to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the communication has been awesome. That openness has, I think, put a lot of people's, maybe not mind at rest, but more at ease. Yeah. And, and for, I mean, from what I understand, it's like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not catastrophic. It's just, this is what the system does when it can't reach consensus and they, they've got to run the diagnostics and figure out what's going on. And it sounds like they got to, they have a good grasp of it. Um, and you know, the funds are still there. I mean, I understand when people, you know, there's money involved. If, you know, you got a big chunk of change involved with it, you know, you can't move it around. It's frustrating. But, you know, this is this will be a good learning curve, a good learning step for uh, not only Juno, but, you know, all the chains built off of the SDK. So it's yeah, it's it's 
it's a reminder of where we're at in the greater cycle i think of like learning and figuring things out because like this kind of halt like would be like absolutely unacceptable if juno was like a network that businesses and people relied on around the world for stuff oh um, uh, yeah i mean if this was where we uh, if this to. was visa or pay, but that, paypal that's not even <laughs> that's not even to talk shit on it though more to say like yeah we gotta iron out they'll probably be tenderman itself is only you know a few years old in the grand scheme of things pretty young so there will be a lot of these things that iron out like figuring out exactly how that safety mechanism was exploited here and finding a way to kind of prevent that in future like better it happened now than when the tvl is 5x right yeah i would even i would not even say exploit i would just say like the way it was you know what what happened the way it triggered yeah you know it wasn't it i i guess it's like that this is a good learning like like i said it's a good learning opportunity And, and and i agree with you you know if this was paypal and you know 50 billion or 50 million people cannot, you know, access their funds. It would be, it would be a lot bigger deal, but you know, it's like, I I think anyone stepping into this, um, this sector, you know, you have to realize this is still very new technology. Like you said, exactly. You know, if if your funds are froze for 48 hours, then that's what it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so glad this is coming up now is my biggest takeaway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, Juno is still very young. I mean, Juno is, you know, one of the what, nine months, I think, nine or ten months since Juno mm-hmm. launched. <laughs> so, yeah. It's one of the it's one of the more for you know, for anyone that doesn't know, it's one of the more um advanced or um pushing the edge of technology chains you know it is you know they've implemented cosmwasm which they're trying to do cross-chain smart contracts and it's just i mean not that i'm a developer at all but it's just from what i understand on the the tech side of things it's it's one of the more advanced change chains yeah no it's definitely like um sort of one of the more innovative and like limit pushing uses of Cosmosm, Cosmos SDK, etc. Um, so, will be interesting. I the last update I saw, I don't know if you've seen anything else. Was like they Jack, I think said like he's pretty sure by tomorrow. But I don't know if there's probably yeah, that's, been a development since then. To be honest, everything. Yeah, insane. I haven't been. I've been busy this this evening, but um, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're going to want to do it slow. I mean, if I mean. Yeah, I don't know. You know, once it's up, it's up. But you know, I'm sure they have different ways, stages they could do it if they really wanted to. But um, yeah. But as far as what I've been doing recently, I I haven't been doing too much. I've been um, doing a little bit of research on um, a couple other projects. Um, I've there's that that um, that Fortis that fought um, protocol yeah. that, that's on Juno. That everyone seems to be really excited about, but it, um, are you are you participating? Yeah, yeah. I I actually got I got one fought from the vote. Um, yep. I did not I did not get any from the stake. I think you had to have staked earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But I did get one fought, and you can buy. You could have bought B fought off of Juno Swap, but um, you know, it's just something that. Um, it looks really interesting. So I, I'm looking around at, at that, but then also, um, 
just a couple of the other protocols I've, I've been looking at and some NFT projects. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting excited for Evmos too. I, I hear like they're, they're getting closer to relaunch too. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks, a lot, a lot of these chains will, will, will be, uh, you know, Evmos will be back up and, you know, hopefully Juno by tomorrow, you know, will be back up and things will get back to normal. Yeah. Yep. And then on to better things from there. <laughs> or at least is the hope. Um, actually changing the name of this Twitter space a little bit, um, because I guess in lieu of first thing I kind of want to do is as always, I'm going to turn it over to the people listening here for anybody who's new. This is totally meant to be, the most basic questions down to specifically whatever you're wondering. So if at any point anybody wants to pop up, ask something about what we're talking about, or even just ask a question you've been wondering, something you've been stuck with with Kepler recently or something you've been wondering about connecting Luna to the rest, like Terra Luna chain and their kind of their own wallet, Terra Station to the rest of the cosmos. That's something I get a lot of questions about that I, I think one person at least is specifically going to try and pop by later to ask about that. Um, but yeah, so at any point, and especially right now, before we kind of get into anything, if anyone wants to request to speak and come up, uh, any questions, anything that's been stumping you guys, uh, or even just sort of interesting talking points you might want to get into a little bit, maybe get some takes on. But um in lieu of anyone doing that, I kind of want to talk about the tweet I made just a second ago when sort of promoting this space. Ooh, what's going on, AZ? We got plenty of time. We'll, we'll get there in time. Letting someone pop up real quick before I get into all that. How's it going, AZ? Good, man. Just glad to to join and participate in all this. Also, I, I don't know if I'm the only one mourning over Fortis not being accessible for a day. Um, it's been kind of fun I gotta say it's absurd insane I'm curious what the dungeon's gonna offer but um, it's fun to just kind of watch what's going down I think a big long term chain halt like this also brings in like the conversation of time versus like uh, chain height so like whether that's how many days it takes to unbond or um, oh, what was the other example that came up earlier? Um, That's a really good question, actually. Like, if you're just your unbonding, so 14 days worth of like blocks or 14 days, you know, like on a clock. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other question was just about rewards. Maybe it was Fortis or Juno staking in general, but same thing, right? Like, I think it was Fortis. Someone was saying, yeah, I get Fortis every, you know, it's a set UTC time in theory, but is it maybe just set to like, do it at the block nearest that time. So if no block was processed, then like people, yeah, that's what, that's what it was. The question was, are we going to have any Fortis rewards from this downtime when we get back? I think it's I was like, that really depends. I feel what like that? my block personally, like if you look at staking rewards, like the, the protocol gives you rewards or at least it does in like Bitcoin and all that, like when a block is minted. Right. So like, yeah, I feel like it has to be by block unless that was specifically designed into the chain. Also, just quick note: um, if you're going to change the title, is a typo in yield. Oh shoot! Good call. Thank you. Too much multitasking. It's annoying that I can't like pre-pin tweets to the space, and like obviously I could have just changed the title ahead of time, but always got to like scramble to do stuff. 
Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so we'll see. The only reason I wonder if some things aren't purely block-based is because, like, you know, osmosis, for example, pays out at, you know, it depends what time zone you're in, different hours, but on that 15-minute mark once a day. Um, and as, as the chain gets much, much bigger, I assume, I, I don't know the actual technicalities here, like, this would probably be how Tendermint works, not even the SDK, but like are block times variable and flexible to account for like, you know, more transactions in a block? Because if so, if you're just doing it based off block time, would it no longer be exactly at that 15 minute mark um, every day? Like, would it kind of start to fluctuate or are they pulling in like UTC? It's so funny. This is a question a dev could answer in like two seconds. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they're pulling in like UTC time data from the rest of the internet and then sort of matching it to a block around that time. I'm sure both are used, but. So what yeah. you're kind of saying, and I'm wondering too, is it, it's a question of like, are they going for the conveyor belt approach? Like the block gets minted or gets like created no matter what in this time interval, regardless of whether it gets filled or not with the number of transactions, or is it, do they wait until the block is filled, yeah. then it's created and then they move on to the next one, which should obviously alter the time. We might get an answer here in a second. I know Joe knows quite a bit about this stuff for not being a dev himself, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, because if so, then yeah, they could just do it based off like expected block height if it's sort of forced as that. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Joe, not, give us... it's not block height based, it's uh, time because you know how like blockchains are they're like also clocks in a sense, so like they all like mm -hmm. have like it's not perfectly in sync, but like more or less, like it. They're mo they're more or less like clocks that are in sync as well. So it'll be like the first block after, like for the osmosis example, it'll be like the first block after that time is hit will be when the epoch, like all the transactions for the epoch execute. Yeah. Okay. So uh, would would you happen to know how? Like in let's pretend. I, I assume you're talking about osmosis, right? That's what you call it. Yeah. 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 Let's assume like Fortis somehow like works the same way or even, yeah, that'd probably be the best example. Like, even though the chain has been completely down through that UTC time, when it comes back online, would it like retroactively do that rewards notice? Like, let's say it happened to Osmosis, the whole Osmosis chain went down for 48 hours. Would the two epochs during that missed time be paid? I think it's all about how it's designed, but I don't think that's I don't think that's how they they work. Um, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like the first block after that timestamp, you execute like one batch or like one epoch. So, like, let's say Osmosis was down for 24 hours, it would the next day at that same time after it made a block after that epoch, it would probably um, just execute the yield rewards or whatever but uh, yeah a lot of this depends on how they build it i'm pretty sure but i i just kind of wanted to step in and say that it they do look at the timestamps, and a lot of this is based off the actual time that the blockchain is tracking awesome no i appreciate that i knew it was probably very simple just answer that <laughs> someone just knew yeah okay that's kind of how i was assuming but i did not want to kind of take a guess there cool um who else just hopped up here degenerate what's going on man 
I haven't seen you. Well, I've seen you around Twitter, but not in one of these spaces in a minute. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. Yeah, I just, I mean, I had a kid not too long ago, so I've been, uh, like, pretty much glued to work and, uh, and tending to the baby. So, um, yeah, I actually don't think I've talked to you since then. So let me say congrats in voice. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Oh, so happy for you. I've been itching to get back into these spaces, man. I miss, I miss the, uh, the IBC gang and the, the Lunaverse, Lunatics, all of these spaces. So I, on my drives now, I try and maybe get a couple minutes in. <laughs> the way to do it it's like a podcast right like you listen to podcasts while you're driving or the radio on our twitter space oh 100 i i finally got my uh my house finally closed and i put an absolute disgusting amount of money in luna today so. dude i saw your chart you posted of like where you just like <laughs> getting unlucky with the luna pump I forget exactly what it was, but you marked like your first point of, I think cashing out maybe was the. No, the, uh, it's when my house actually sold was like when Luna was at like $45 or something like that. And then it just closed on, uh, Friday (laughs) and Luna's like at an all time high. I think it was at like 117 when my, when I finally got the money, but, uh, the process of just trying to get into crypto like so heavily reinforced why i'm even in like DeFi in the first place like the the money hit my bank account no holds on it money's released i go to wire it into crypto oh yeah we can't tell if it's actually your money and i was like well Uh there's no hold on it so you should be good to just wire it anyways they closed couldn't do it then it's a weekend then i finally like then they finally wire it but then like the upper level of management in my bank has to call me and verify it before they can wire it and let the funds go. And then Netcoins, the the centralized exchange, then they call me and say like, we want to confirm you're trying to wire this to us. Like then they held it <laughs> and then they had no selection of tokens. So I tried to move it over to finance and then it got hold on, held on the withdrawal. It, it was just a gong show. So, but now we're in, now we're in Luna. Now we're ready to rock. <laughs> Dude, good to go locked in. What are you, so what are you doing with your Luna? Because I'm going to talk about some Luna stuff today. It's so fucking perfect timing. So, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence of where, where the market's going right now. I mean, everything, like the market as a whole seems low to me. Luna seems like it's at an all-time high, but... I think just because the where the market as a whole is at, I think it still has a bunch of upside. So since I'm so on the fence, what I'm going to do is I'm going to borrow like probably 75% off my Luna right now, but keep most of it in stable coin and just earn the 19% in my stable coin. And then I'll probably take like 10 grand of my borrow and put it into like Solana or something like that. But for the most part, I think I'm going to keep it in stable coin and just kind of see what happens with Luna. And that way, if it goes up, awesome. I'm earning yield. And if it goes down, I have some dry powder to buy more. So that is crazy you say that. Did you see the tweet I made uh, like when the space launched you know, like 20 minutes ago or whatever? No. Uh, I phrased it how to get well over 20% APY on your UST. So, sounds like this is just a match made in heaven. I guess 
I guess I'll I'll dive into that yeah, if you're uh, if you're curious. Curious, let a guy. So okay, so two of my favorite platforms in Luna, uh, just in general, just because I use them like for a lot of my my funds, um, is Nexus Protocol and Spectrum Protocol. So like my only ETH exposure that I have left is in a Nexus pool that is being auto compounded through spectrum for like it fluctuates but it's around like 200 percent apy and the coin it's paired with is nexus's coin psi that has been doing pretty good lately i have a lot of faith in it um just like that project in general so it, it is like a liquidity pool 50 50 eth uh psi but <clears throat> psi there's a third kind of protocol that i found out I've always, I've always known Pylon existed and I've used it for a couple things, but I recently found out that Pylon has like a earn PSI. So what Pylon is, it's sort of a place where you can farm tokens for other projects on Terra. And so in this case, you deposit UST to Pylon for the Nexus protocol pool on Pylon. And what that would do is, A, the UST you deposit can be reclaimed once your deposit reaches whatever pledge duration you do. So kind of like a bonding period, but not quite. I can, I'll cover it all. Um, I'm kind of explaining this for everyone, but just I'm curious. Jen, do you know about like Pylon stuff already, these protocols? I have no idea. Like the only protocol I really use on Luna is uh, uh, Anchor. Oh, also, yep. I, have, I have a question, too. Like, I just have my uh, Nano Ledger X or Nano X, whatever it's called. Um, when your money is, let's say, in B Luna and you're borrowing off of it or staking UST and Anchor, like, at all times, even if you have a ledger, like, it's, on, it's in the protocol. It's not actually on your ledger if you're, like, staking it in the protocol, right? It's only if you're, like, staking in your Terra Station wallet that you can still have funds in your ledger kind of yeah in a sense so like the term staking i guess would have like two categories one would be like native chain staking of your chain's native asset so yeah like staking your luna in terra station um and in that that's probably the most direct sense to think of like yeah it's definitely still in your wallet even though it's locked up earning you rewards Depending on what DApp you're like interacting with, it's like different throughout the world. The DeFi sometimes like the funds kind of remain in your wallet. Sometimes you get like a placeholder token for them. Um, sometimes, so like yeah, it does kind of vary. But if you're like liquidity providing, for example, the best example and the one I was talking about at the beginning of my sort of explanation um, with Nexus Protocol or with Osmosis liquidity providing. Yeah, you don't have those funds in your wallet anymore. They are locked in the protocol. Usually you are given uh, LP tokens. So whenever people hear that phrase, that's like the IOUs sort of that you're given that says, hey, this wallet address deposited this much money into this pool um, and a bunch of other info like that. And that's like the token on osmosis for example that you would stake um the actual lp sort of iou um 
And same thing in like Nexus protocol. Yeah, you would not have your, in my example, your your ETH in your PSI in your wallet because it would be being used for liquidity. Is that what you? That's what you're asking, right, Jake? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what I was asking. I, I thought that was, I thought that was the case, but I was just just checking. Yep, that's a, that's a really good. That's one of those like. I feel like there should be like ten basic tenants of DeFi, just like common things people it's helpful to understand from the get-go. But I've thought that about like over a hundred things. Well, <laughs> there is not just 10. That, that's like, uh, like my buddy's into like cybersecurity and all this stuff. And so he's like a huge, like not your keys, not your coins kind of thing. And so like, he's the kind of guy that won't even like earn 5% on bit. Like he's big into Bitcoin, doesn't want to earn 5% cause it's, like not in his wallet kind of thing so i mean i don't really care that much as long as it's in a safe protocol not like some random but yeah i mean um, that's... real quick we got a, we got an update uh on the restart on juno as of five minutes ago oh hit us uh jack just tweeted uh they're doing a restart tomorrow at 2100 utc um early morning in asia midday america's evening europe just wanted to provide that update. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. No, so that's great. After we're supposed to receive bot rewards. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, Dragon. Yeah, I, I obviously I get tunnel vision in these spaces, so I don't check my timeline when I'm like talking. Um, great thing to interrupt for. <laughs> Good to know. I, I knew it, or I knew that in general. You know, they're going to handle it reasonable amount of time. Constant communication throughout, like cool did you anyway. guys see the meme of uh sorry to interrupt again to me but it's on yes yeah, it was a meme and it was like <clears throat> a picture it was like a meme of two cats one of the cats was laying down the other one was massaging the other one and someone was like wolf contract right now and it was like <laughs> after he just no. like, you know did everything it was so fucking funny it was in one of jack's oh, time God, i'm gonna have to go picking for that <laughs> but that is a you can pin that to the space if you find that that sounds great <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, one more quick, uh, quick story about trying to get, uh, trying to get the money. And uh, last night, when it was like, when I was switching my like Canadian dollars into uh, crypto, which by the way is just crushing to watch your Canadian dollars go into crypto and then everything's in U.S. dollars, and you realize you don't have nearly as much money as you thought. But, oh. <laughs> anyways, I like put it into like XRP or something because like netcoin the centralized exchange i was using had like very little selection and i was like whatever it's cheap and it's fast to just get it to binance to swap it again to like stable coin because the market looked pretty gross like it was gonna dump and so i put it into xrp and then they froze my funds like overnight until like (laughs) until like the next business hours they (laughs) that they were open at to like check it and whatever so like last night i'm like watching like xrp just bomb <laughs> i'm like so stressed could barely sleep so that was good but now it's back in back in luna we're okay <laughs> dude that's awful though that is insane so wait so you're saying a the exchange you're using the fiat on right they didn't have stable coins as an offering they did but they had like it was like usdc which i and i i haven't really like moved lots of money like big sums of money before so like 
I don't know what fees are like. I guess they don't like scale with the amount of money that you're like moving across. Yeah. I was a dollar like, is the same as a million. Yeah. So I didn't really like know that fully. And I was like not really risking like throwing something across on ETH and then having it be like a huge fee. So I was like, yeah, I'll use XRP, whatever. And then, yeah, I just got lost like 7% or something like that or whatever it was for 5% overnight which which is a lot <laughs> so. no that's brutal and that's also like one of the things we usually talk about at the beginning of these spaces didn't come up is just like get your money off centralized exchanges like preferably at a time where you're not looking to sell or convert it so you don't care if they do something like that but just like the fact that you've after dealing with your bank, you've given them your money and they've basically just stepped in and been like, no, you can't do this with it until we wait for this weekend and then investigate. It's like, no, it's my money. Like, let me send it away. That's like ugh. held on the way out of my bank, held on the way into the exchange and then held again on the way out of the exchange. And I'm like, so you just being able to move everything around like instantly in like decentralized here. You guys know a good... um like phrase or just thing to say around just friends, family, whatever, when you're trying to like constantly like illustrate why blockchain's great is like one example was my friend had issues logging into PayPal at one point where it was just, I didn't send him the code he needed. So he tried it a couple times and I was like, Oh, you've tried too many times to log in. And I was just like, see like a blockchain will never tell you you've tried too many times. Please wait. Like, 10, 15 minutes for security or whatever. And in your case, a blockchain will never tell you, hold on, we need to review this transaction. You can't do this. A blockchain will never tell you, like, oh, sorry, uh, you're not allowed to do that as long as it doesn't break the code. That, as long as it doesn't break code, you, it doesn't have that ability to do all the things that centralized and web 2.0 things do that we find so annoying. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till it's like more seamless to get in. I mean, I would have gone with like Cato or whatever it's called, but I like, especially in maybe, maybe it's just in Canada, but like most of these exchanges, you can only put like X amount of money in at a time. And then it's Cato, like, like, I tried to use Cato. The automatic verification, like KYC, didn't work. So they were like, all right, we'll be reviewing you and get back to you. And they never got back to me. And they're so trusted and like supported by people I know that like I'm not that worried. But otherwise, I would feel so sketched out. I was like, who did I just send that to? But I just got to reach out to them, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty reasonable. It's like a $5 fee and it just goes straight into your Terra wallet. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty it doesn't get much better than that. Tricky, I see the I see the tweets. <laughs> oh, the kitty tweets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First we have <laughs> I love it. Taking a break. <laughs> yeah, if anybody likes cats, uh go scroll to the top. There's a couple reds that <laughs> Jack did that are pretty damn hilarious. Yeah, that's those are perfectly topical. What's up, Kurama? I don't know if I've seen you around. How you doing, buddy? You all right? Doing, yep. How are you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, so one of the main reasons why I got into, got into crypto is basically um, I have two companies. And um, 
I was trading through this bank in UK for quite a few years, actually. And then what happened is they decided one day they just wanted to shut my account. And basically, they just told me, um, okay, everything's cancelled. You can't bank with us anymore for no reason. And I, when I researched into this, I found out they'd understood a lot of different people. So that's one of the main reasons why we're trying to get at this um, bank field. You know, it's ju it's just another way of controlling our, our lives. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I got into crypto. And obviously uh, finding about Luna and uh, USD. Obviously, every, every, every human deserves their financial freedom as well as their financial uh, privacy and uh, something that's not feasible. And uh, as soon as I uh, read the uh, light paper, white paper on uh, Luna, I actually uh, fell in love with it and it's been a hell of a journey, man. It, Luna's crazy, yeah. <laughs> and exactly, that's insane. Like uh, a, a good blockchain will never be like, oh, sorry can't use me anymore <laughs> like that's just absurd like always oh, shutting down your wallet that you've had for years like they can just shut down your bank account like we, and without an explanation uh, the, the worst thing yeah. about it is they don't have to explain themselves uh, although i had hundreds of uh, thousands of pounds going through the account and uh, it's been a legitimate business with issue we're in the health sector <laughs> so it's not like we were doing something you know, they just said one day, sorry, we can't work with you anymore. And that's one of the reasons why we need blockchains. Like you said, it can't tell you, sorry, I don't want to work with you anymore. It has yeah. to work. And um, that's why obviously uh, we should all, not for our sake, only for, for kids' sake, our future's sake, make sure that, you know, as a human, we have that um, financial privacy and financial freedom. Yeah, it's it's blockchain so much bigger than what most people not in the space think. Oh, it definitely, is. definitely. I mean, obviously, everyone's just thinking of okay, I put my money into this coin and I'll make some amount of money. Uh, but it's a lot more than that. When you actually go deep and study it properly, you can you can actually see the revolution that's about to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that one hundred percent because it's definitely about freedom and liberty. Because it's like you said, if if they can just shut shut your account down or if they can seize your funds it's like that's just crazy you know and there's there's a lot of there's some stuff here in the united states that goes down it's called uh legal forfeiture or something like if like if i know there was one story of a guy in texas that was driving around he had just sold a house and he was he was driving with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash he got pulled over and you know for no reason, they 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 confiscated his cash because they're like, "Well, you shouldn't have this much cash on you." The police did. And he's like, "I just sold my house. Here, here's the here's the paperwork." They're like, "No, no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna seize this. We're gonna seize these this cash." And it's just like, for something like that to happen, it, it it's just it's crazy. It's just crazy. And it's like the uh, the, the authorities they're like they know they can't completely control cash, so they're wanting to push us towards cashless. But as that happened, it's like there's either there's either two ways we're going to go. We're going to go to completely, you know, 1984, where they control everything with central bank digital currencies, or we go to a more 
libertarian side. And hopefully, you know, hopefully, the, it, you know, I, I don't think central bank digital currencies are going to go away. They're going to try to push, push that out, you know, but hopefully the two can coexist. Well, that's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> yeah. John Oliver did a whole thing on that civil asset forfeiture. Apparently there's a number of police departments that do this and like they budget that. Like they rely on being able to steal from the people. Of course, I'm from Canada, so it's not as big of a deal here, I think. But like, yeah, they, they'll take this, like in that example, they'll take that guy's money. They're like, yeah, we're just going to check it out and make sure it's legal. And so like, here's the thing. I feel like the term code is law. People don't like think about it deeper, like how much it means. Like the reason that kind of thing is able to happen is because it is legal because they also control the laws and they're humans who can have biases, be greedy, whatever blockchain allows for, but, but we use those systems because they give us benefits, right? Like having a bank account as benefits, easy payment methods and like digital access to debit card, credit, whatever. Um, blockchain gives us the benefits while making the laws that like enforce it purely in the code that is open source that everyone can look at and vote on. And like all this shit we, we just brought up and are talking about is kind of the perfect example of why code is law, like means a lot. I don't know, just as a term, it kind of fits right into this conversation. It, it definitely gives you an option. I mean, uh, it, it stops you in a way where there's enough trust transparency where you can check things on the blockchain. And uh, at the same time, it gives you privacy if you want it to. So um, obviously, one of the main reasons why they lock it, I mean, just like myself, I had 30 odd thousand pounds in that account that was frozen by them when they closed my account. And obviously, when it comes to banks, it's just numbers. It's not really your cash that's deposited into your account. It's not really there. So they mm -hmm. can do whatever they want until your investigation is done. They can do whatever they want with this money. Uh, so that's one of the reasons. Obviously, the lawmakers are uh, really close with these people who makes these uh, laws in the government. So and the banks are on top of it. So um, obviously, until we we sort this problem out, which will obviously take years and years, and years it will be um, you know um, kind of uh, a way to get away from this old robust. Uh, I mean, old system where uh, barely anything works to a new system where there's a lot of creation and, uh, you know. Yeah. And fair and that one a system that values like fairness. To exactly. Being exactly. treated equal. Yeah. Because that's how code and computers look at us for now. Yeah, exactly. And one, um, one of the, obviously, we're talking about Luna and everything else now. One of the reasons why I really like Mars Protocol was uh, it will actually um, penalize uh, that, you know, um, proposals that is bad for the system. And uh, um, it will give people the option, obviously, when bankers making uh, uh, a decision, uh, regardless of how people are affected by it, they're earning at the same time. And changes this dynamic is really important as well, where we actually uh, penalize people who actually make wrong decisions. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to I want to kind of circle back to Luna in a second here, but Triple Yak saw you hop up here. I want to give you a chance to take the mic. Got any questions or? 
Yeah. Hey, y'all. How's everybody doing? Good, man. Thanks for hopping up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw the bankless, uh, I guess you could call it a debate, uh, or maybe it was more of like a discussion today with Jose from Delphi and Georgie. I don't actually know like who, what um, organization he's associated with, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation. And I came away from the, the video, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it was basically like the bull and bear case for, for Terra Luna and UST. And obviously, Jose was speaking from the Terra perspective. Um, yeah, the, the thing that overall just kind of stood out to me <clears throat> that I can't really, I just like have such a hard time wrapping my mind around is like, it really feels like there's this strong contingent of, of people that are, I would call them crypto native. But they, they just they don't really want to see UST specifically succeed. But what's weird is that they readily admit that it would be great if the world had a decentralized stablecoin. And I'm just wondering what you guys think. Like, is this because it's just a P P versus P kind of a thing and, and they're just like very heavily invested in some other stable coins, like maybe DAI or something like that, and they're just they're motivated by like existential dread of like, well, this thing that I'm invested in is going to zero. Or is there some weird like cognitive dissonance happening? Like, I, I just don't understand because it seems like most of them want something like UST to succeed, but then they're just like not cheering it on as it's happening. And it's just like, as weird. I think the best example is an account I've followed forever and for the most part like and respect, but since he started bashing UST, like I, I do second guess it, which is Bitfinex. If people know that account that's been calling out Tether and Bitfinex for years on just being bullshit. Well, and mean, like, I thought UST, you know, he'd be like, all right, here we go. But no, he's just like, oh, it's just another Tether. They're wrapped in with it, blah, blah, blah. And I, I have talked with him. I've DM'd with him. And like, he doesn't actually have very good like evidence. He has very like anecdotal, random, like kind of, stretch things and i'm just like he's the perfect example of what you're talking about like this is what you're asking for but you're you're against it for some reason well i mean uh one of the things i can say about that conversation i watched that conversation as well um it's i mean uh jose done a really good job actually uh just uh just basically saying all the facts um just before the conversation started if you realize there was about five minutes straight die advertisements and uh, <laughs> uh it kind of tells you obviously why uh, a certain demographic wouldn't want ust to exist it's because it's basically taking money out their uh pockets and um to be honest with you that conversation was just one sided and it was just like risks risks depeg depeg risks risks and it's just there's nothing else they can talk about uh, I really do wonder what they're going to talk about once all of this uh, is defabled and they can't really talk about DPEG anymore or, or any other risks. And uh, like the FUD will always be there. And uh, they didn't really come with any facts. They were like, oh, we would like it to happen, but uh, you know, there's this risk. There's risk in everything. I mean, there's uh, cold risk in every. Um, you know, um, blockchain and bugs are everywhere. So you can't obviously write these things up, but 
but at the end of the day, it was just one-sided. They were just die fans, and that was about it, to be honest. Yeah, that that argument from like, well, we haven't like it hasn't fully been developed yet. So like, like at the end of the conversation, it it felt like Georgie's argument um, came down to just like, well, you're really far from the end goal, so therefore (laughs) you should like not keep going because it's too risky. And I, I was like, wait a minute, this this like. Do you hear what you're saying? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's it's just like that's everything. Like, you just keep going until you make it or you fail. But but you don't blame people for just like, or you don't not blame, but like, that's just a weird worldview where like you know, um, we haven't invented fusion yet, and it's risky to do research on nuclear fusion. But like, do we just stop trying, or we haven't invented, you know? clean energy and uh you know the perfect solar panel but and i mean the whole thing it just that logic just did not make sense to me yeah hey triple triple yeah i wanted to just chime in it's like i think there's a very large stable coin war going on behind the scenes that most people don't even realize and it is there's a lot more to it than than i even know but you know the big players, Tether, USDC, um, DAI, and UST, you know, it's, I think they're all, it's, it's all territorial. It's, it's all like USDC was originally an ERC 20. Um, to me, it's very expensive to move around. Like if you're trying to just move around, you know, $50 of USDC, you're paying out the wazoo with ETH gas fees. So, I mean, of course, a lot of the people in, Ethereum want USDC and and so there, I think that, I think yeah th- your your questions are are valid there there is a lot of be- behind the scenes power struggle going on that I that's the simple answer at least what I have yeah I mean if that's the case it almost kind of is reassuring to me because that makes sense right I mean like if you are facing an existential threat as a or you feel like you are as a, another stablecoin, and you feel like it's P versus P, and and maybe it is P versus P because it is a network effects kind of a thing, like Jose said. Then then that makes that that makes what they're saying kind of make sense from a logical standpoint, even if like their logic isn't like coherent to me. But at least I understand the motivations. Yeah, it's, um, it's financial gain. They're trying to protect financial gain. You know, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. Under, I don't understand what what you know with the stable coins. I guess there's like minuscule, like very very tiny fees that. Well, it's like for you know UST, for example. It's like yeah, there's a lot of the um, the validator fees or all the transaction fees are eventually going to flow back into the Luna ecosystem. You know, and same with USDC, all the transaction fees are eventually going to flow back into the Ethereum ecosystem. You know, so but you know. I think stable coins are are powerful and it, it there is a lot of it's just a lot of power maneuvering going on. Yeah, for sure. For sure it's interesting to see. Um yeah, yeah. It I mean Oh, go ahead. As, as a as a Luna Maxi, one of the things that I try and do is just uh, listen to people who's actually against it. And uh, one of the main reasons why I clicked on this so hard is because I really wanted to hear the 
the case against it. And there wasn't a single thing in that conversation that actually worried me because every single point that he was making, I could just literally in my mind just say, yeah, that's bullshit, basically. <laughs> yeah, so, either either it was either it was just kind of incorrect or misre- like not correctly stated, or the argument fundamentally, like I said, came down to like, well, you haven't achieved it yet, therefore it's risky, therefore you should stop, which doesn't make any sense, right? Um, like that's one thing I was going to say, I'm not a maxi about anything. I've been involved in crypto for a while, but, and, and I love Luna and I have more Luna than anything else in my portfolio by far. Right. But I'm not a maxi, but what I will say I love about this community, um, the Luna community, the cosmos community is I don't really see, and maybe this is just my Twitter feed, but I don't really see lunatics spending much time, like trying to tear down DAI or tear down USDT in the way that those protocols spend tearing down, you know, UST. I mostly just see lunatics like being friendly, being educational and building. I think part of that is because like, you know, name your other stablecoin protocol, whether it's because for whatever reason, they really feel like they're competing, usually because they're not all that unique lunatics are just like confident because it's like we don't really need to shill it because it's like we know that it's better and we also don't need to spend time uh promoting that our version of this tech is better than another person's because like we pioneered it in the first place um and so we have first movers advantage we have trust we have tvl all that stuff whereas you know USDC and USDT work the same way. They're just backed um, by a central entity. DAI more or less works the same way, just slightly decentralized. It's just backed on-chain in a DApp, and it's backed pretty heavily by USDC, so kind of inherits those problems. And yeah, UST, like, don't, the lunatics don't need to spend resources, like you were saying, tearing down other protocols and attacking because we just see the organic growth and, like, we'll just keep doing our thing. <laughs> and, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I believe that um, over time, that is the, the way to succeed. Just keep, just keep building, keep making the world a better place by creating amazing you know, technologies and use cases and providing real value for, you know, regular people or, um, or even like specific use cases. I mean, this is how it works in the real quote unquote real world, right? I mean, people have been trying to tear down Tesla for as long as Tesla has been around, but it's succeeding. And the reason it's succeeding is because of exactly these principles. And um, they're not at like total success yet, but I view like, I view this just in the same way, you know, like it's you, totally, yeah. you yeah, make no. a product or service that people just cannot do without. Right? Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds if you're me the first you, one to do it and you do it good. You, you're, you're sold. You're good. Yeah. You don't even have to necessarily be the first, but, um, cause UST is, you need the, to be the first to do it good. Yeah. Like idea. Yeah. But what's so interesting is I was at a, a crypto meetup. I live in Austin and I was at a crypto meetup a couple of days ago here. We have them like all the time. And there's a pretty strong Ethereum contingent here in Austin. And it, it's always interesting when I start to talk about Luna and UST at these meetups. 
I always have like a few, there's always a few like Ethereum maxis or just people that uh, don't know much about UST. And they're always just attacking the algorithmic nature of it. You can tell they don't really understand how it works very well. Like they haven't looked too deeply into it. And I've met that- so many people that like their idea of an algorithmic stable coin is still ample forth. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, do some research. Like dig into it. That, that is a very broad category. Algorithmic literally just means there's some some algorithm behind it. Yeah. I mean, and the idea that I always present to them, which I think for me was the most kind of single-handedly like um, convincing idea of why UST is different, is the vision that we that you know this community has around. It's it's not about necessarily even protecting the peg, right? Like Doe said, this it's not what makes a stablecoin robust and and anti-fragile isn't necessarily that the peg never breaks. Like the the dollar changes in value versus the other currencies all the time, like little micro changes, right? It's that the economy that's built on top of this thing is worth saving. Like, you know, it's just such a beautiful idea because it really gets to the heart of why we use money. We don't use money because we like having dollars in our, you know, uh, wallet just sitting there, little pieces of paper or in our bank accounts as little ones and zeros. We use money because we can go buy a beer at the, you know, at the um, restaurant or tip our waiter or like buy a car with it or whatever, right? We use it because we interact with the world with it. So that world that is being created in, in Terra, that's like the real thing. Like that's what gives all this value. And th- that's also just like way more exciting than just building a stable coin. Like that's exciting, but like it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. It's it's the entire ecosystem that can be built around the first like truly trusted decentralized stablecoin in the Web three world, and all that comes with that. <laughs> yeah, and I think Triple uh, you mentioned earlier about some of the risks that people talk about, but I come from traditional finance and. You don't talk about risk without the potential for return, and you don't talk about returns without the potential of risk. It always is hand in hand. If you're talking about risk, you've got to look at the opportunity at hand here and and, and the rewards you get for the the small amount of risk you're taking. There's risk in everything. Nothing is risk-free. There's risk in, you know, crossing the road, for example. Um, But the reward here versus the risk you are taking is, in my view, extremely asymmetric you take a certain risk but the reward is ridiculously high because we're building an economy like you said and not just in america not, not just a, a small you know small economy when i say small it's not it's not restricted by geography we are building a world economy here and the scale of this and the return potential of this is um, ridiculously high in my view uh, so there might be a level of risk, absolutely, the risk in everything. And we are in crypto, which is probably, you know, in my in my traditional investment argument, is probably riskier asset because it's the market still being adopted. But hence, because it's riskier, the returns here are asymmetric, a lot higher. You you take upsides returns for 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 relatively lower risk, and it's it's they've got they all go hand in hand. So just talking about risk to me. 
doesn't make sense. And I hear people creating fun. Um, it's always good to be aware of risks. It's always good to know what you're getting into and what's the worst case scenario. But at the same time, the upside potential is, is like I said, asymmetrical. So yet always, I, I try to talk to those people that talk about risk, uh, try to change the argument to risk reward. Think of the reward and not just the risk. And that's when it becomes a bit more constructive discussion, um, especially from a traditional investment sense as well. Yeah, 100%. Whenever I hear someone talk about uh, Luna and Terra and the stability and stuff, and, and I, I, I always come back to this Bitcoin idea. Argument. I was talking to oh, a few people uh, who were somewhat Bitcoin maximalist. It was like, yeah, you know, Bitcoin is what we're going to be using. It's going to be the global currency, et cetera, et cetera, um, which, 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 I mean, I, I, I believe in Bitcoin, absolutely. But is it ready yet? No. Is it going to be ready in 10 years as a global currency? No. It's going to be a decades, if not centuries, for the entire world to use Bitcoin as a currency. But until then, what Dogecoin is presenting is a real solution. It's a digital currency backed by Bitcoin as a reserve, which is the perfect utility of Bitcoin for now. And, and if you think at it from that perspective, there's a sort of your intermediate you know, product, which is backed by your, your future currency. Uh, that idea itself is, 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 is mind-blowing. And Do Kwon talks about it. You know, he, he often says, yeah, what, what BTC does is you know, great preservation of value. Not great to spend because a coffee you buy today, you might be able to buy ten coffees in in in, in you know a year's time. Who knows? Um, it's not good to spend today, but here you've got something that is backed. Well, not I mean not collateralized, but supported uh, by Bitcoin, um, and and hence it's it's the next best thing to Bitcoin. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, um, Joe. What were you going to say? No, yeah, the the kind of combination between the two. It's, it's a good yeah. Point. I, I was just going to say, whenever people ask about, like, like what are the risks of Luna and stuff, I just think it's important, like, comparing other stablecoins, I think it's important to note that, like, there's no such thing as, like, true stable. Like, even the U.S. dollar, which is supposedly $1 equals $1, is constantly, like, changing. And the only reason why USDC works, like, or the dollar works the way it does is due to, like, fiat. So that's one point, is that, like, there is no such thing as, like, true stable, I think. Um, and the way that Luna remains quote unquote stable at $1 is just through arbitrage and it's constantly fluctuating slightly above and below a dollar. But I think like um, the, the other the thing I was like, going to say is that yeah, I think that Luna came, like I look at them as like that their innovation was this discovery that like you can't have like peer stability without peer volatility. So that's kind of how I view Luna. It's like a pure volatility option on the Terra ecosystem. And then the UST is like a no volatility option on the Luna ecosystem. And you kind of need that yin and yang. And that's, that's what I think is the real innovation that Terra found out. That you just need that yin and yang to really have something that you can consider stable. But on the other side, you have to have this thing that's almost like pure volatility to like be the anti-gravity to it. Um, anyway, that was about it. Yeah, one way I think of sometimes think about Luna is like, um, a oh shit, mine just went blank. God, well, never mind. We we can see you still, hear you still. 
but no, 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 my mic didn't go blank my mind. <laughs> okay, exactly what I was just about to say, but but yeah, like it's it's figured out something something really unique and beautiful. It's just a it's okay. just a complete product, to be honest. So what it is is that uh, you have a savings product where you can just uh, use that money to put into savings. You you got a stock uh, side to it where you can buy you know things through Mirror, synthetic uh, synthetic assets through Mirror. You also now got uh, on ramp and off ramp products where you can just take your money out and uh, you know. Uh, or just spend it in the real world how will you like it through debit cards and stuff like that so it's just a complete product and we're at the beginning of it uh, it's going to obviously take many more years and it's going to have ups and downs but when it comes to the complete products we we're at the beginning you know it's going to be amazing it's going to be a wild ride man. yeah totally i would say there was one thing they brought up during the call which i think is completely legit and um or not the call the the youtube video with um with jose and and the other guy um a completely valid concern which is i do think there is founder risk in terms of like if something was to happen to doquan i don't know that it would completely derail tara i don't know that it would be a, a existential catastrophe like the thing collapses without him but i think it would definitely be a major major setback in fact i personally think it is the greatest risk to terra is actually which is kind of nice from the sense of like it's such a well-developed um protocol and technology and product and economy and all of that that you know it's kind of i guess like elon musk right like that's exactly it yeah i mean i think tesla would it would be okay without Elon Musk, but we would never know how great it could have been, and it might not ultimately be what it could have been if something happened to him. So I think there's a similar thing, and I, I don't really have a good answer for that. I don't know that there is a good answer for that. Well, I, I mean, that's you know. one of the, the, the one of the risks I will take any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you talk about Tesla and Amazon, Jeff Bezos and all of that, obviously these people are really smart and uh, creative people, but at the same time, they've got a team around them that's actually smarter than them. That's one of the reasons why they are so successful. I mean, Doug Connor is obviously the creator, but he's not the one who's behind every single thing, behind Luna and tokenomics and everything else. So many people that are sitting yeah. on the L- LFG board um, they are actually some I would say actually uh, smart than them, uh, but um, you know uh, when it comes to that kind of risk, I'll take any day. Yeah, me, yeah. me too. So I always refer to this as the the bus factor, and it's how many how many core devs or important people from your <laughs> protocol need to be hit by a bus, by bus. for your <laughs> for your protocol to lose half its value. And I think it's just something to consider as like a part of your investment decision. And there's no doubt that Luna's bus factor is one. Like if Doquan got hit by a bus, Luna would probably lose half its value. And the, and <laughs> the same thing with Ethereum. Like that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. And yeah, same thing with, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just something to consider. Well, I think the I would argue of Jeff Bezos is really good, actually. I think that one's even better than than Elon, because Jeff gives us, uh, Jeff, as if I know him on first name basis, <laughs> I don't know him. Um, but that his his like uh, trajectory, right, I think is a pretty good insight into how these things play out optimally, right? So in the beginning, 
it was like Jeff and Amazon, like they're the same thing, right? And probably for the first decade, he was probably working, you know, 16 hours a day on Amazon. And then for the next, like maybe five years, um, he probably took a, a, a lot more steps back and had like really solid um, leadership teams running the various components of the business. And now he's pretty much fully out of like the day to day. And, 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 and that, that um, trajectory took 20 years, right? I mean, about 22 years almost. So, you know, I mean, that, that might be what it takes, right? I mean, it, it might take like two decades for something like Terra to fully develop and for someone like Doquan to become fully like not even remotely necessary for the thing to, you know, succeed forever. Maybe it happens yep. faster though, because Amazon's weird because it's like a physical company also. So maybe maybe it could happen even faster. I don't know. I think the other cool thing about Luna is that's like a very like maybe not everyone has considered that, but it's like a very accepted thing. Like Luna, that is one of the quote unquote potential critical failure points, or even you could argue it's just they're slightly less decentralized, slightly more centered around the Luna Foundation and Terra, but like that's that's all part of the system and design and like something they've kind of decided to take a little sacrifice on there for the enormous number of other benefits that we've seen it bring. Like kind of Luna like is like- partly in the position it's in because of who Do Kwon is, not just in creating the thing, but in how he markets, talks, and represents it. Like, yeah. yeah it's like any great leader. It's like Tom Brady. Like, if Tom Brady in his prime, if you if he got hit by a bus, your team's going to have half as many wins the next year, but you're still going to, like, pay whatever it takes to keep him on your team. Like, well, <laughs> you, I mean, right? you can say the same team. thing about anything, like, at the same time. Like, think about it. What if we found out who's the tall she was? What will happen to Bitcoin price? I mean, it's it's just one of the those things. But obviously, these being people are really important, and uh, the way they represent and how they execute their plans, uh, you know, day after day is important. But that's always going to have some kind of a price action on it. Right? That's one. It is really interesting to know that you have many people who never have to work a day in their lives if they don't want to. But they're working pretty hard on, or at least it seems like they are on Terra. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're all multimillionaires, right? Anybody who uh, started a year and a half ago, pretty much as a dev or um, a part of TFL, right? But they're still working hard on it, I would imagine. So that's that's good to see. Yeah, I one thing about Doe is he's a visionary for sure. Like, in, if you listen to him talk, he he has a vision for what he wants it to be, and I think he's even said in a couple of talks that you know eventually he wants he wants Terra to be able to run without him. Like he's like the ultimate goal yeah. for for Terra is for me to step away. And yeah. but I've I've also seen him post some quotes from the Sovereign Individual. I think it's a, a book. It's a book I need to read. I've, I I know a lot of crypto people highly value that that book, and I I think I've seen him post a couple pictures from that book and it's just like his his mind is in the right place like he is for you know anti-establishment he wants to revolutionize the world of finance and if you listen to him talk like that's he's pretty consistent you know it's like and i think it's like you said you know once someone gets to that point like he can't be bought out like you listen to vitalik talk about 
you know, money, like money doesn't interest him like that. You know, he's not flying around in jets and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, he does fly around a lot, but it's like it. I don't think his lifestyles changed that much. You know, he's a billionaire. Vitalik is, you know, with Ethereum. But like same thing with Doe. You know, it's like he's a visionary. He wants to change the world financial system. And this 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 algorithmic stable coin that that he that Tara has got going on is is a game changer. I hope it succeeds and I hope it does well, you know, but like I said, there's a lot of behind the scene tribal power plays going on within the stable coin wars and it, it is a war. Oh yeah. Cool. So, Hey, I, I did have one yeah. question. Does, does anyone know, like, I know the market took a little bit of a hit today. Is it, you think it's just because of the stock market was, has been tanking a little bit. It seems like they're still correlated pretty well crypto and the mainstream financial it's the bond market pretty uncertain and that that yeah it's the stock market doesn't the bond market's blowing up right now it's just okay so people are making the bond market the the bond market is 50 times bigger than the stock market Mm -hmm. yeah and as the bond market goes up refinancing costs go up the dollar is rallying like there's all sorts of headwinds for the world economy right now like the macroeconomic situation is not pretty Um, it's because of the massive bond the bond bubble if interest rates keep going up the way they are there could be some serious corporate level defaults like corporates aren't going to just be able to roll over their debt at a you know 1.5% 1.5 percent interest rate like their corporate corporate debt is going to get a lot more expensive the government the i mean the, there's no one that's more insolvent than the united states government yeah of so course like, <laughs> if they and they're the ones that like they have most of their uh debt rolls over on a very short-term basis yeah um, yeah so when they have to roll those debt instruments like it's yeah it's not good <laughs> yeah Tadashi, I see your hand up. Feel free to feel free to hop in. Hey, thanks very much, guys. Uh, been yeah. enjoying the talks. Um, just wanted to run something by you guys and get feedback. See if I come on the right track, or if you had any other suggestions in regards to um, liquidity pools and kind of yeah. how to start building, of course, more passive income. Um, so I'm on. I use Osmosis. I use Astroport, um, and I'm thinking about using Loop. Um, so I guess I have a few questions. I with the liquidity pool rewards like in osmosis is it better just to um break it back up put it back in the same pool or is it better to take those rewards and stake it onto the kepler wallet um that's one question another one is i guess kind of the same thing with astroport it's better is it better just to put a bigger amount of money in the liquidity pool for astro and ust then take those rewards and then stake it on astroport okay so okay, let's talk like osmosis first. Great, um, great question. We talk about the, this is the million. Yeah. this is a in a fact the question. the second part of your question I might speak a lot about because that's kind of what I'm actually here to almost. I I've never even talked to the platform. I do not mean shill in that way, but I'm almost here to shill one particular platform that I just love on Luna okay. for liquidity yeah, pool and farming and stuff. Um, so but for osmosis, I would say strategy wise. They're definitely for for once you're already in pools, what to do with your rewards. There's definitely not a set strategy that's better. Like in theory, you would reassess if you wanted like the best strategy, you would reassess every day at epochs, all the projects, see if they're worth putting in. But you kind of have three options, right? 
put them back into the same pools the rewards came from, which is kind of easy with external incentives. And then you got to kind of just divide up your Osmo. Um, one thing I'll do sometimes is like I have my base pool that I've had a while in Os- Osmosis. I'll convert like all of my external incentive rewards. So everything that's not Osmo, I'll convert it into Osmo. And then I'll just go into one liquidity pool from there, like per day. And each day I'll just look between Dexmos, between what I know has been going on with cool projects lately, uh, updates, that kind of thing. I'll be like, okay, you know what? I want to put more in the secret liquidity pool today. So that's how I do it. Um, but it kind of definitely fits whatever, whatever you want to do. And then a third option would be, you know, you stake them to osmosis rewards in the Kepler wallet. And I would not recommend that right now because Osmosis has recently introduced superfluid staking, which basically means you can stake while being in a liquidity pool. Mm-hmm. And while you don't get like the total amount of rewards for staking, you do get like most of them and kind of your double dipping. And I mean, you can still stake for sure. You should because it's governance, but. I guess, yeah, first I want, I guess I should ask, do you know about superfluid staking? Do you know that? That's I do. Like not- yeah. So that actually leads me to another question of, um, do you or anybody have experience with, do you guys like stake it and then, or bond it, I guess I should say, and then immediately unbond it and then do that every two weeks to get no. maximum? No. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So that, the way that's, that's a strategy some people use, but if you do that, you're going to miss out on the superfluid, right? I believe. Right. Well, not just that, but so. The bonding periods, like the 14-day or whatever that you pick from, those, so like you go into a liquidity pool, you deposit, let's just say, you know, 10 Osmo, 30 Atom, just picking random kind of ratios, to the Osmo Atom pool. And you then get back those like GAM tokens, which are your kind of LP IOUs that say, yeah, this person has this much. Those you lock up into staking to get your rewards. When you lock them up, you pick a time period, 14 days, seven days, one day. Mm-hmm. But that time period doesn't come into play anywhere until you choose to start unstaking. So, for example, when I very first found Osmosis, I threw a bunch of Osmo and Adam into that pool one. And I've never unbonded from it. I've been at 14 days forever, just always collecting that 14-day percentage rate. But if I wanted to take it out, I would have to wait 14 days from the point where I initiate the unbonding and, like, the unstaking of those tokens. So it's not that you want to, like, unbond every 14 days. It's just that whenever you do want to unbond, you have to wait 14 days. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that's I, I what you were asking. Hopefully that wasn't <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> if I misunderstood. And I have one more comment. Um, is it Tadashi? Yeah, Tadashi. Tadashi, yeah. I, it's, it's such an individual question because it, a lot of things matter is your time horizon of how long you plan on. Is this a three-month a three thing? Is this a one-year or a three-year? Like how long you plan on keeping this right. in yeah. osmosis? Then if also, it's a four, mm-hmm. if it's a four day thing, you probably want to do one day bonding. So that yeah, yeah. The third so, day you can start unbonding. You know, so you have to look at your time horizon. Then you also have to look at how much, how much time, how much you know, personal time do you have to put into this to follow up on the the different pools and the different protocols. And mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those things where I think 
how how many different coins do you want to be in? Because like for me, it's like I, I like osmosis with the with the external incentives because yeah, you can earn a lot of extra tokens. And you know, who knows which one's gonna be the winner, you know, five years mm-hmm. from now. And it's like, how many horses do you want in the race? Mm-hmm. Like so like for me, I'm I'm trying to not get into more than like six or seven liquidity pools because mm-hmm. it, it, I, I kind of want to know what's going on. Some people just want to put it in there and let it ride and let it go. But, um, you know, I think it's all personal preference. The the one, I mean, I think everyone can agree that um, the UST Osmo and the the Luna Osmo are, are the two of the, the best, you call them like uh, the, the blue chip liquidity pools yeah. within osmosis. It's five, 560, 561. Um, UST Osmo, Luna Osmo. Now it fluctuates with the with the osmo, osmosis price. You're really exposed to the prices of osmosis. But when osmosis is down, like it is now, you can you can buy the dip and just add more to the pool. So you know you've got pool number one, Adam Osmo. You know the Juno pool has got such a high APR. It's that's a good investment if you really feel strongly about Juno. But um, you know I think it's all dependent on what your time horizon is. But like for me. I, I like these external incentives because I'm going to take the external incentives for like the, the UMI pool, which I believe is uh, 642, was offering good external incentives. And I'm just going to keep the UMI and stake it because it's you get a good staking. And who knows, like, you know, three or four years from now, it could be a premier lender. I think it's like the, it's going to be the Ave of, of Cosmos. So. Okay. Yeah, because I guess the main reason I was asking about the two-week thing is like I wanted the option to check it every two weeks and if I can immediately pull out, like I'm ready to, you know, pull it all out. Whereas if I decided, oh, I want to pull out, now I have to wait for the two weeks, then I have like the two week reward, then it goes down to the one week reward. If I understand yeah. correctly. So correctly. when you start unbonding for like of your 14 day period for days 13 through uh, seven, you get the seven day percentage rate and days six through one or two one. like depends if you're counting a zero day yeah on the very last day you don't get any rewards but up until the last day you get the one day rewards okay yeah i yep. mean for the most part i'm like yeah i'm in it for the long haul so i'll probably won't i'll just keep it as low maintenance as possible um and then okay. on luna was your next kind of question right on terra chain um, Ast- uh astroport cool so I'm pumped TerraSpace has hopped in here because I haven't really gotten into the Luna part of what I want to talk about. So my favorite like place to farm yield, like I, I would never go to Astroport to provide liquidity again. I might okay. provide liquidity into their pools because their pools are important and I trust them, but I use Spectrum Finance. So they're like website that you're actually I pinned a tweet if you scroll all the way to the left of the tweet at the top. I just picked a random one from their recent tweets, but that's their Twitter and their website is Terra.spec.finance. And so what okay. they are is they're kind of what Pupmos is building for JunoSwap. So um they're a different front end for existing liquidity pools that allow it like auto compounds for you basically and you get some of their token spec as a reward for using it on top so in your case if you are for some reason like you definitely want to do astroport pools like for some reason Mm -hmm. so they have astro ust 
which is 169% APY, B Luna Luna, 27.5% APY, and Luna UST, 90.9% APY. So, right. and those are using the Astroport pool. So you'll still be helping out, you know, the slippage and like liquidity on Astroport. That's where your money will be. You'll just be like doing it through Spectrum and giving them permission to kind of manage it and auto compound it for you. I see. And so, I was gonna... actually, I want to talk a little bit more about Spectrum in general, but. Um, yeah. hey, hey, quick question wanna... also. Does, does yeah. he know about Dexmos and what it does? The website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cool. got that one. I use Spectrum as well, and uh, I actually made quite, really, quite good gains from it. Um, uh, Spectrum's um, amazing. And Luna um, USD uh, pool. And uh, Luna you know, PSI pool are used as well as um, uh, yeah. B, I think. That one and yeah, and exactly. PSI. I actually made like $20,000, $30,000 from it just from like a month or two of using it. So it's been amazing. I think people definitely should check out Spectrum. As well as that, you actually um, get to um, um, stake um, Spectrum as well. And they have um, 30 day, uh, no lockup, 30 day, and 60 day if I remember correctly and you get different percentages for those two so it's really good to all compound on that definitely check out yeah um the next thing about spectrum i want to talk about is actually how you can get like 30 something percent let me see yeah 32 percent yield on ust a stable coin but before i get into that um i want to quick like tadashi tadashi um Read that weird for a second, my bad. Um, yeah, yeah, you're good, Tadashi. Answer your question pretty good. Um, any other, like, lingering Osmo or otherwise questions? And then no. I want to turn over to Invisible, the senior no, hand. No, we're, I think we're good. Yeah, so thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, I oh, got to bounce. But um, thanks for letting me join the space today. And I hope you guys all have a great night. Keep killing it. Dude, hope to see you around. Come by next week. For sure. All right. See you guys. Bye. See you. Invisible, I think, just got disconnected. I was just about to turn it over to you. That's too bad. Um, But yeah, okay. So the next thing I want to talk about on Spectrum um, is, yeah, a place to get 32% yield on UST. And like, I want to first uh, disclaim like this is not some kind of yield compounder for Anchor. Your money is fundamentally doing something different. So there are different risks. And I want to like go over all that. Spectrum, um, everything on Spectrum is yield compounding, optimizing other pools and other yield farming methods. It's like a yield optimizing site. So we'll actually come back to Spectrum. The place you're going to like initially be putting your UST in this method I want to talk about is Pylon. Pylon protocol, Pylon gateway. And it's it's sort of a unique, I don't want to like get into Pylon too much here. It's a Terra way of doing like mining or like token farming or kind of launch padding. So as protocols roll out in this point, uh, in this example, Nexus protocol, which is another protocol on Terra. I really love, I'm going to say this word way too much protocol, but Nexus is super cool. Um, love them. The way that new tech, new 
PSI coins come into existence. PSI being the native token of Nexus. So I'll probably just call them Nexus tokens. One of the ways new Nexus tokens come into existence, since it's not its own chain, like many things in the Cosmos, it's on Terra, so you don't stake for them, right? Is through Pylon Gateway, where people can deposit UST and farm rewards off of it. So the way it works here is you're not on Anchor, you're getting UST like as your reward. Here, you're earning PSI tokens and also spec tokens in my example. Um, so hey, hey, that's like something to keep it. Hey, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off in between, but I think your statement about uh, USD 30% on spec is incorrect. Uh, only Anchor provides 19.6, no other platform on Terra. Either it has to be LP, not a single stacking. Nope, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I do it. I, I do it. It so, has to be LP, not a single stacking, only USD. It has to be with something else. Nope. It, well, it's a liquidity pool on Pylon that is that. Exactly. Liquidity pool is LP, right? Yield so, yeah, liquidity pool is LP. So you put 50% something else, 50% USD, not USD alone. USD alone is single stacking. Anchor protocol is the only one which provides 19.5 and more. No, so the way Pylon works is like I would deposit, let's say, 1,000 UST. And I would get this reward, and whenever my deposit period is over, I can pull out that initial UST. Like, that's still there untouched. It didn't suffer impermanent loss. It wasn't uh, in another coin. And my rewards are just not paid out in UST. That's the part I was just about to get to where it's different than Anchor. It's paid out in the coin that you're, like, farming. Like, they're using liquidity pool in sort of a weird way. It's not like a 50-50 DEX AMM liquidity pool. Oh, so, you started, started yeah. on spec of uh, USD only. That's what I thought. So I didn't, I didn't see you coming with the second part. So here, just so you can, I was going to circle around to this because I was explaining it solely for everyone. But if you want to see what I'm talking about, if you go on Spectrum, it is the BPSIDP-24M pool. So you can search, or if you're just on Spectrum's main page, you can sort by protocol and go to Pylon protocol. They only have two protocols. One of them is BPSIDP-24M. And if you click on that, which is like a, a pool to deposit through Spectrum, it just has a shitty name, you can click on UST, and you can deposit UST right on Spectrum and get that yield. And at the end of your vesting period, you can pull out your initial UST like untouched, not grown with rewards because you're not earning UST. But all the while that that UST is in there, you'll be farming 32.4% APY on other tokens like Nexus. If I, and if I can jump spec. in for a second, uh, and because uh, uh, another way to do it instead of like going directly to uh, Nexus or, uh, or doing it that way or uh, Pylon, I mean, you can go to TerraSwap and sometimes when there is a volatility in the market you can get uh basically 110 uh I, the most i got was a 30 percent discount so i got for example like a hundred bucks of uh of uh of the token the bpsd 24 something you can yeah. get it for like uh you know 120 of those so it's uh you get a discount on the on like 20 percent and then you you put it on uh, a spectrum, spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yes, sometimes it's better to wait a little bit. And if you you have to check on TerraSwap, basically uh, the website, and it fluctuates right now. If you put a hundred a uh, hundred bucks, it's a hundred and ten that you get back. Yeah. So but yeah, you literally you literally just got ahead of me. <laughs> but that that's great. So that was the next thing I was gonna break down. Like on Spectrum, you have two different deposit options for this pool. You can either do UST and it does it for you, or you can deposit the BPSI DP twenty four M token directly. And that's that's what you were just talking about, where if you wanna be patient, you can wait to pick up that BPSI DP token at a cheaper, cheaper discount um like on your own and then bring it over to spectrum so yeah that's totally an option um but for people that just want to think about it like i just want somewhere i can take ust this in my wallet and put it somewhere that gives me higher than a 20 percent yield that's sort of the angle i was approaching it from but that's a really good call out so thank you um and then i think it was uh i think it was mandibs were you the one that spoke first or mandives when you hopped up here, does that sort of make sense? What I was explaining now, were you the one that was skeptical of no yield higher than 20%? No, no, the BPI, SDP, I know about that. It's not, I think uh, you should be careful when you use that. That's what I only say. <laughs> it's not pure USD. That's why. Right. But do you trust Pylon protocol? Yeah, I trust them. But see, again, the lockup, it should not be involved, right? It should be like free. Anytime you can get away, you can withdraw UST and USD. Yeah, right. Yes. It has to be liquid portion, right? It's not something locked up. So, Well, okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good stipulation. I wasn't necessarily saying that. So there are many ways where this differs from like the anchor yield. You know, it's it, maybe you trust the anchor protocol, its smart contract, its security and all that above all others on the platform, which... Well, yeah, if you're long-term, then this is the best option. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If liquidity is your demand, you're, you're going to want probably Anchor. Yeah. But I just wanted to put this option for people that are looking to park away a stable coin for like a longer period of time and maybe want uh, one of two things. A, either a higher yield on it than 20% or B, a yield that pays out in tokens other than a stable coin so maybe so you're if you, like if you if you really want like uh, yield opportunities um, on telegram there is a board called rb uh, there is a twitter handle also arbie just look at um, just hit that board up and it will give you the yields per day or, or the prizes per day or the lps uh, return per day whatever it is currently it will be yeah. very helpful yeah but so yeah, in general too, um, that's the pool I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit because it's like a UST-based way to earn yield. But Spectrum as a whole platform, I think like we've already had three or four people pop up here or like, oh yeah, I use that blah, 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 for various things. Spectrum is super awesome. It just takes, I, I wonder like if Pupmos is inspired by it because I think it's a similar concept. It's taking existing liquidity, liquidity pools and various yield opportunities like how Pylon works. It's kind of a liquidity pool but not really um and it just like gives it a new front end with uh, auto compounding features a couple other like nice like it's it's really cool like if you've never checked out spectrum before when you set up your auto compounding into a pool you can even determine how much of the auto compounding goes directly back into the liquidity pool and how much goes into like staking um for, like, 
The yeah, there are three options: auto compound, auto stake, and there is one more. I forgot. The third is mixed, so you can do like uh, there's yeah, a you slide. Can slide. Yeah, you can slide. The, you can slide so cool. using slider. You can add just. So usually, the highest APY you see on Spectrum will come from 100% auto compounding. And that means all your rewards going back into the liquidity pool. And so you'll notice if you either like pick auto stake or go to the mixed one and pick the slider towards auto stake, your APY will come down a bit. But like I usually do like a 90% auto compound with a 10% auto stake, just so like I have a trickle going into governance over time. Because I think Nexus is really cool, and that's one of the main ones I use Spectrum for. So it's helping me get a little bit of governance. But um, who Finn turn? Hey, what's so, good, y'all? Finn here, Terra Spaces. Uh, the other cool thing I just started messing with Spectrum too. Uh, when you stake in governance, you can do that 180-day lockup, and that'll give you about 30%-ish. But then the cool thing about it, you can claim that profit in either UST or AUST, which I have never seen before. Uh, usually oh, it's just cool. in UST. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Wow, that seems like something that should will probably start to become a standard. It seems like, duh. Like, that's very cool. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you can use that AUSD and um, put your orders on Kujira, and then you can earn 15% while the order is getting executed. Yep. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm happy to just talk about some lunar strategies. I think I have a primarily like Cosmos focused audience. So maybe there's some people in here that want some lunar exposure, um, just as far as my reach. Um, but yeah, so pe- people who are up here, like, just throw up a hand. We'll. we'll just so not everyone speaks once what are your guys like favorite yield farming or just in general DeFi products that you interact with whether they're launch pads liquidity pools whatever uh within the terra chain and terra ecosystem sorry what was the last one the gentleman just mentioned about uh the ust pool about earning more ust so they'll get the guy that just oh so a ust right is interest occurring so the it's very last one was Kujira. Once you deposit into Anchor, it becomes AUSD. So if you have any USD earning yield at 19.5%, it becomes AUSD. So now Spectrum Protocol gives you the rewards in either USD or AUSD. So you don't yep. need to put in Anchor. But that AUSD, you can you, uh, you can put uh, on Kujira to get the 3% discount on Luna by orders. And while your order you- getting executed is waiting, it's going to earn 15% for you. Tadashi, are you familiar with what Kujira is? No, I'm not. I've heard of it, but haven't dealt into it. So, yeah. Oh, my bad, man. Um, I just muted your mic on you, Kerma. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, Kujira is a liquidation oracle. So, like... You can actually bid on orders that are... You need to mute him. Well, your mic's pretty muffled, Karama. No, he's trying to answer the question. I, I didn't want to mute him. But your mic's, like, really muffled. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Awesome. Oh, I thought he's talking to somebody. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. That's why I muted him at first. I was like, oh, no, wait, he was trying to respond. <laughs> Basically, Kujira is a liquidation protocol where um, as people are liquidated through Anchor uh, borrowing side, it's, it's just a protocol that's built on liquidations where you can actually bid on uh, liquidation at a certain percentage. Um, and you can use that AUST um, uh, that you get from uh, Spectrum now and park it on there while earning 15%. Uh, 
uh, while waiting for those um, liquidations to happen. And uh, one of the strategies that I also use is um, just borrowing, um, using Billion on Anchor and borrowing through that and getting to a certain um, percentage and just looping through uh, as well. Obviously, it comes with risks, but if you do it to a certain level and you kind of park it on earn and get 20% on that while waiting for dips to buy B-Luna, um, uh, you can actually grow your Luna stack exponentially. I think, uh, uh, you know, Luna, uh, Nomics and Sefi does this as well. Tadachi was uh, Kajira, the one you were asking about that was mentioned at the end. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was, just, it was something I heard about AUST. Then you can either earn back AUST or UST. I'm just figuring out. Oh, yeah, that was the spectrum. UST. Yeah, that's from that's spectrum, right? Right. Yep. So that's the main thing, like that I'm kind of shouting out tonight, just because I realize how much I use it, and it's one of my favorite Luna protocols. So, yeah. And so spectrum, you use what pool for UST? The Luna UST. Sorry to make you repeat this again. <laughs> no, 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 no. So if if you want to just have UST parked long term, not necessarily liquid, like you can't just pull it and use it at any point, there's mm-hmm. a pool on Spectrum called BPSI DP-24M, or just sort the pools by pylon protocol. Like when you're on Spectrum, there's a little protocol sorter. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that one you can deposit UST to directly through spectrum and you'll earn that yield over a period of time or what someone else had mentioned is you could try and like get a discount on that actual token bpsi dp 24m um on would you say you do that terraswap i think it was yeah you can arb on either terraswap yeah yeah cool so does that does that answer your questions yeah so i would just deposit the usd on the dollar Wait, sorry, go again, Tadashi. Hold on. Yeah, so just to confirm that BPSI DP24, you just deposit the UST and then the reward back is still UST? No, no. So that's one of the differences between. So what I would do before you go into that pool um, is look into Pylon protocol, Pylon gateway. The way there's what spectrum is using like it's a yield farmer for other things right it's using the pylon protocol and the way that would work like uh the the exact url you probably want to look at is gateway.pylon.money slash tokens slash psi um and i can repeat that slower once you're like yeah gateway.pylon.money.psi uh nope money slash tokens slash psi and actually, if you just go to the Pylon site and scroll to the bottom, there's a link that says Gateway. That'll take you right there as well. True. Yeah. But so the, the way Pylon sort of works is you deposit a certain amount of UST for a certain time period. And then when that time period's up, you can reclaim that deposit, that exact deposit. So let's say you put in 1,000 UST, you're only going to claim 1,000. But what it's doing during that time is earning you PSI tokens in this case, like in the pool, but also some spec tokens if we're doing it through Spectrum. And that's where the... So like on on Pylon, you'll notice 27.58% APR for this pool. And then it's on Spectrum that it goes up to 32% because it auto compounds and throws in some spec rewards. 
It's what they call a lossless investment pool. So basically you choose how long you want to be locked up for. And then like right now, let's say, for example, I'm in the white whale pool for uh, 12 months or whatever. Uh, So during those 12 months, my 5,000 USD is locked up. I can't do nothing with it, but I'm accumulating these whale tokens. And you have to read because different protocols will have different vesting cliffs and all that. So uh, depending on you know what your goals are, you'll want to look at that and say, okay, does that fit kind of what I'm doing? By the time these fully vest, is the token going to be you know in the ground right. or you know? So it, it it's all important to look into. But the important thing to remember is that regardless of what happens, you will get that UST back initially. The only loss is, I guess, the opportunity cost, the the time. Right. Right. Okay. So if anybody wants forty two percent on UST for seven days, uh, thousand limit. Uh, I just pinned that tweet here. It's by OKX. What was that? By, wait, what? what is it? By OKX? Arbin. Arbin, boy. <laughs> oh, 42% APY on uh, USD deposit for seven days. 1,000 uh, is the limit. You cannot do more than that. Nice. Cool. Invisible. Glad to have you back up. You disconnected just as I was turning it over to you earlier. <laughs> Such bad timing. But feel free to hop in. You have a question? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. I got like a phone call and then there's like technical stuff. I don't know what's going on. I'm having bad luck today. But anyway. Um, I was just wondering with osmosis, you know how they like lock us in? Is there a way to like shift to another LP and not have to do the unbonding or or no? No. So yeah, if you if you're in an LP pool, the closest thing you can do to that is take your daily rewards from that pool and put them elsewhere. But right. Yeah. And and when you do the unbonding, does that mean like during those 14 days you're not making any interest? Is that how that works? No. It's it's very nice. It doesn't. So the way it works is for days 13 through seven, like after you start unbonding, you earn the seven day percent rate. And then days six through one, you earn the one day percent rate. And then on the last like zero day, you, that's the only day you earn nothing at all. Oh, and, and so you get the Osmo. Oh, okay. That's actually not too bad then. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was really disappointed in like, Luna UST is only paying like 28% now, which is terrible. Right. So yeah, I'm looking to, yeah. to switch out of that. I was I was gonna add in terms of like making interest on Luna, I think uh loop is probably the best one right now. I think it, there's like a 20-ish percent one, but like without the uh impermanent loss because it's like a Luna Luna one. So I just thought I'd chime that in in case anyone was curious. Yeah. Also, shout out to the world that we've created where 30% is just laughable now. Like, I love it. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You should have, uh, you should have done something with uh, OM initially, six digit APY for six months. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's nuts. How far I mean, come? Right, my new question is I missed, maybe I missed it, but like, where is this money coming from on Pylon? How can they offer you 32 or whatever percent? APY, even if it's in another token, but then also guarantee your initial investment. Like maybe I missed something. I'm just curious, like where are you making your well, yield? So yeah, so Pi, uh, Nexus Protocol came to Pylon in this case and said, "Hey, like we want to be one of the the platforms that you like." I don't know the best word for Pylon. Like Finn, do you have a like? It, it's it's not quite a. It's it's a launching gateway. It launch is yeah, launchpad yeah. It's a launch pad where you do stuff through like a, like a, a long-term vesting period of like farming rather than 
It's a year yeah, like long farming goal. Stacking, leading, farming, everything you can do. Yeah. It depends on what. So you're doing. helping. You're helping fund and launch Nexus protocol in a way, and they're giving you their token PSI, like so long as they can hold on to your money. It's like a way to think about it. It's not not only Nexus. There are a lot many out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this in this example, Nexus is the one working. It seems with. like yeah. in the ecosystem, we saw two kind of versions. The first version is what we see with Pylon and Nexus and stuff, and then the new version is what we're seeing with things like Prism Protocol. In uh, the, the Luart also kind of used that style of launch, and it seems like we're seeing more of that and less of the. Uh, first style, I guess. And, and, and even though they're still developing and, and fine tuning, it's just, yeah, kind of different, different ways of doing it. And then what about, I might just completely understand what this uh, protocol is actually, because I only checked it out a while ago and didn't really get into it, but like Star Terra, is that a launch pad too? Or is that something else? Yeah, that, that yeah, was one of the earlier launch pads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The same is as that not really on anywhere? So to be clear, I understand just before we move over to, to Towie. So yeah. a launch pad, basically meaning that they give tokens to kind of kickstart the protocol. I guess I'm, I'm actually kind of missing mm-hmm. it. The protocols are launching using that launch pad. So if you want That's to release right. your project, you use that launch pad to come into Terra. That's the only thing. That's it's a kind totally of medium. Be- get what to call pylon yeah, yeah the things you're bad. looking at are like their teams and what marketing they're going to put behind it and any dev help stuff like that that a project that's just starting out needs to help get it uh get itself bootstrapped that they wouldn't necessarily have the resources to do themselves so they utilize these launch pads network connections and their development teams stuff like that to be able to more easily focus on their niche part of their project so that they don't have to worry about like, oh shit, I got to post a tweet or I got to make a graphic or, you know, all that, all the other uh, stuff that goes into launching a protocol or an NFT project. Yeah. Hey, if, you, if, you, if you guys are looking for like a high percentage, you know, on uh, Luna, you know, SIF chain is paying like 300%. That's true. Uh, once, once weekly. In a, in a weird right. way, you got to be careful not to miss. But yeah, well, actually, you know, it's like uh, automatic now. They don't, you don't have to go up there and do all that nonsense that you used to have to do. It's like just automatic now. Oh, okay, cool. Like, uh, does it automatically reinvest, like compound? No, it doesn't automatically reinvest. You know, it just it pays you in uh, row and yep. then, you know, it just goes in your wallet, you know, in your Kepler wallet. OK, rather than I forget exactly what it used to be, but you know what I'm talking about, where it used, there used to be like if you forgot to do it by a certain time or something, it wouldn't you wouldn't get your rewards that week. I forget exactly what it was. But that's well, you, you would like, you would get it, but you wouldn't get it until the next week, you know, because they only right. pay like once a week, which is bizarre, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just pinned another tweet for yielding opportunities across different chains, not only Luna and Cosmos. So you can find the high yielding projects out there. Wait, could someone spell out the SIF chain for me? Because I didn't quite catch what that is. S I F. Yeah, it's like another sovereign Dex chain, like Osmosis. S I F, I got yep. that right. Yeah. Oh, wow. is it two F? <laughs> I think it's just single F. Yeah, single F. Yep. Okay. All right. I'll check that. And that's just Luna, like straight up. Luna. They pay you that, or like Luna and UST, or what's the deal there? 
No, no, no. The pool is uh, is Luna and uh, and Rowan. So Which you know you, you can. Yeah, you can single side it, you know, just put in Luna, which I do, and you get paid 300%, but they don't pay you in Luna, they pay you in row one. But, you know, it doesn't really matter because you can switch it over to Luna if you want, because, you know, it's a dex. Wait, wait, so just so I'm clear, you can do it and not have a permanent loss, like just do the Luna? Yeah, Rowan is their, their Osmo. Actually, there is permanent loss, but they they actually have like some kind of a guarantee where like you if you do experience um, permanent loss, they pay you in, you know, they pay you back like so you don't have impermanent loss. And is it my understanding that is not available in the United States? Is that correct, Tim? It's not available in the United States, but I'm in the United States and I just run a VPN, you know. Yeah. Or if you like, I understand, but I just want to clarify. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's good to point out. But that's more for covering their their ass. Like I've looked into that kind of stuff. Like, take your own risk, do your own research. Thank you for pointing it out, Mayor. But for the most part, like they, like even uh, centralized entities like Bitmax, like that kind of thing. It's on them to actually enforce that. So if all they do is just check your IP address, like you're not the one that would get penalized for that, just as a general rule of thumb. Um, but yeah, and if you use like, that's only their front end website too. Their website is not available to US people. Their blockchain is available to anyone who can connect to it. So if you use the Cosmos Station wallet, you don't need to use their website. You can just go to SIFChain on there click on the little Dex button and do all your stuff right from within the Cosmos Station like wallet interface from an US IP. So I don't even know what the legality there really is. Like I think SIFChain's trying to cover their butt for their centralized website, but like the actual Dex uh, that goes into the whole gray area that's still going on with laws everywhere related to DeFi, but um, got a couple people popping up I do want to give a chance to speak. Um, Tao? How? Hey, how would I pronounce that? That's that's fine the way you say it, man. Um, I just wanted I'm to go back and. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. That's all right. I'm always like mispronouncing. That's all right. I just wanted to go back uh, to Pylon and and explain how that yield works, because my dude here Finn just butchered it. Um, <laughs> Please do. Okay, so um, it's a lossless launch pad is how they term it. And essentially, so Finn is sitting in that uh, white whale pool, right? So let's say Finn deposits $1,000 for 12 months. Then what he, what happens with that $1,000 in UST that he deposited is it gets immediately put into Anchor to earn the current 19.5%. Uh, and then later down, I think it'll be 15% probably. But his $1,000 of principal remains his, but any yield that he earns that 20% yield will be directed to White Whale and their wallet. So along with everybody else. In our example, just for people who might get confused. Our example was using Nexus, but like you use White Whale, I know. Oh, right. No, Nexus is slightly different. So I'll get to that too. Um, Oh, okay, cool. White Whale, in the case of White Whale, because this is the simpler one and this is the one that everybody else uses. Nexus just wanted to be a little unique. Um, So his UST is locked for 12 months. The yield gets forwarded to White Whale. 
in return, White Whale has a predetermined amount of tokens that they will drop to all the people that deposit UST. And essentially what you're doing is you're forfeiting your yield of 20%. In return, you're receiving rewards at a set pace of the whale token. So the more people that deposit, the lower your APY gets because the same set speed of whale rewards will get distributed to more people or less people. So that's yeah, how that so works. stay away from the whale pool, please, for at least six more months. Thank you. <laughs> and then the the psi token psi the the one that you're talking about where it's uh you get 30 percent now i think right that's supposed to be a two-year pool i think um and that one is supposed to be liquid so when you deposit your ust it gets represented by a deposit token that's why there's a dp in there uh and that means that you can you can sell that DP token for UST. And currently, last I checked about a week ago, it was trading at like a 10% discount. So for every dollar you buy the token, the deposit token, instead of depositing your money in, every time you buy the token, you get about like a 10% more than what the baseline value of the UST within it is. And that's like the market saying, we're trading it at a 10% discount because the underlying tokens are locked in for two years. Um, but in case of Spectrum, what's happening is Spectrum then takes the emissions of PSI and they will sell those immediately, buy you um, that bottom line token, and then deposit that into yeah. your account. They just comp that everything Spectrum does can be boiled down to like compounding, right? More or less. Right, right. But yeah. Yes. So typically you have a lock in period and your UST is locked. In this particular case, they wanted to try something new. So that DP token is a representation of your underlying deposit, the same as like X Luna or any other liquid staking token, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, totally. No, totally. Right. And then, so if you're able to buy it at right, like right now it's at a 10% discount. So if you just buy the tokens right now at 10%, come 24 months, you can redeem them at a normal one-to-one -one rate with one UST. So that's a simple 10% gain, period. Yep. Cool. That was a really good breakdown. Thank you. That was yeah, that's cool. what I meant to say, Tao. Thanks. Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome, Ben. I, I know that you're you know, totally in the weeds of all of this. <laughs> no, that was awesome. appreciate that. Um, yeah, and happy to answer yeah, no any questions about Spectrum or Pylon, if anybody wants to come back to it, don't worry. Uh, I want to keep stuff moving with people coming up, but we're always happy to circle back. So, um, Nitego. Just before we hop on the next person, I just wanted to apologize yeah. to JTH real quick. We're cutting him off earlier about, about uh, Sip Chain. He was really excited to talk about it, and I, I interrupted kind of rudely. So sorry about that, man. Thanks for your input. It's all love in the cosmos. It's all good, man. I was just, you know, uh, chiming in on some high interest, you know? Sir, cool. Um, Nitigo, feel free to take it away. Yeah, hi, hi everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. I just wanted to contribute. There was a question or statement about Star Terra, and I just wanted to say it's a launch pad, but they have this game thing they do where you are assigned to a group, at least that's how it used to be, and um, based on how much you lock up. The group with the highest amount of lockup will get the largest amount of allocation of tokens for whatever token is being launched. So it's a bit more gamified than uh, every other launchpad in that sense. So you're working as a group. 
it's extremely gamified, right? Like the yeah. whole, even the theming of the website and everything is like very exactly. sci-fi battle game. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. before my time. I'd be curious to see how quickly it turned into Lord of the Flies. I participated in some of the earliest ones. Yes. Do you still use it today, Nitigo? No, no, no. I don't. I. Yeah. I just want, I'm just waiting for whatever I have to mature because you, when, when um, you eventually participate in the launch, the token launches, the tokens are released to you block by block over a period of time. Right. So I'm just waiting for the nine months or six months or where, which, whatever time frame I have to get the tokens out. When you get your tokens one at a time, it's kind of useless to you. So it's not, it's not my cup of tea. Well, I guess for some people who have the time and they, who like games, well, I don't really like, and I really don't like the idea of playing with my money. So it's not for me, but it's an interesting concept. I guess it would be interesting for some other people. I feel like they were, everyone was just trying like new ways of launching stuff just to kind of see what worked. And those were like the earlier projects. And you can kind of see that evolution through the different launch pads and like how we have like Atlo now that does like a whole uh investor rating system and everything like it, it's gotten pretty uh pretty deep i won't be surprised like i said i only go there to see which of my what if my tokens are vested and see find out what date they will be vested in but i'm sure they have different things which they've they've brought up different spins but i am not following that project anymore is uh, i i think i can say Launchpads haven't worked for me. I have tried different ones and somehow I always get the wrong end of the stick. So I rather just invest in the projects I like and forget about Launchpads. That's a personal opinion. It's not the same for other people because I have seen people yeah. make good investments that way. But it just never worked for me. Those are, those are wise words for sure. I've been burned about three times playing with different launch pads and it was just like, Oh, I wonder what this does. And like, just kind of playing around with them, but then like getting in at like 20 cents. And by the time it unlocks, it's like five cents or something. Exactly. It's like, Oh, that hurts. Ouchie. Yes, exactly. My experience, especially when you have a launch pad for a token that's already in the market. Like, um, I think it was a loop. Loop token was already in the market. I already was staking it and I bought it at a dollar. So when it was being, when it went to the launch pad, I was like, okay, let me get more of it. And by the time I got it, the thing, the one I had bought at $1 had come down to 15 cents. I don't even know what it is right now. I was like, I'm just waiting for it to mature and maybe one year, two years, or whatever time frame is, I finally get all my tokens. I'll see what the market is doing and make a decision then. But it's, um, it's, um, it, it cuts both ways. You, you could get it, you could get it, you could have a great deal or you could have a terrible deal. But you stand a better chance of having a great deal if you have all your tokens at once. But when you're getting it drip fed to you one block at a time, it kind of uh, this defeats the whole purpose of it, of you having the investment and having the early advantage from my point of view. Yeah. And like, I get why they do it. I mean, if they just was like, here, everyone's got their tokens, like the price would go to zero, like immediately, I know, I know. you know, they That's know who they're. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's it's an interesting puzzle to solve. <laughs> yeah. I'm being selfish. Yeah, I'm talking about, but yes, of course, if I put on the project, tab, I can see why you don't want all your tokens dumped on the same day. 
I, I actually want to talk about that for a second. I have my mic muted. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, why do they think that would happen? When, when, like, and I agree with you that, like, if they, they know who they're dealing with, it would go to zero. But Juno and, like, you know, it's most, like, we've seen throughout other parts of the cosmos, not in Terra, that, like, communities can be trusted to be given a massive, right off the bat, initial Genesis supply and like not necessarily dump it. And I think a conversation that comes up all the time is like, uh, why are Terra alts different? Terra alts all kind of behave the same. They sort of dump from from inception. Like obviously there's some exceptions and with time that may be different, almost certainly, but- You're like, right there. Uh, it might have to do with the fact that they don't have their own blockchain because the, fa- the mindset of uh, the typical cosmonaut is, if you give me a token, I stake it. That's kind yep. of the thing. But with Terra, you go into your wallet and you see all these funny things. You have no clue. And the amounts are so insignificant. Yes. That it, it, it's like, what do I do with this? Okay, you create a pool sometimes, liquidity pool, and you just see it literally evaporate your UST. And right. okay, one of, personally, one of the reasons I hate having to do anything with the most Terra um, ecosystem until recently, but the fees are significantly high. For example, Star Terra, every time I staked or claimed, it was a $1 fee going somewhere to one wallet, a one USD going somewhere. Now it's about 55 or 25, but it's still significantly high when you consider the fact that you've only been given two or three coins that are not worth up to $1. Absolutely. We we see a couple doing that now most of them have gotten away from it but like even like right now with luart every time you go to claim your lua rewards like it's a dollar and it's like i come on like we've already invested like why are you pinching pennies you know is that like fees that they as a protocol are taking or is it somehow that their claiming process is complex enough that it costs? No, it's, it's a way to like further bootstrap everything. And I, I would have to like get into their white paper and like actually see where they're going. But my exactly. assumption is that it just goes to help uh, bolster their rewards pools and it helps give them a few extra percentage points on the APR list. I, I'm not exactly sure, but it, it is yeah. kind of a shitty yeah. thing to do. Like, you you would see the fee, the blockchain fee, and then as you're reading the transactions through your um what's it called Terra Station or your ledger, you would see a one dollar USD going to a specified address also. So you're claiming something. Maybe you got ten tokens. You're claiming the whole ten tokens are not even worth eighty cents, and yet you're paying one dollar. So if, if it seems like a bad deal to me to participate in Terra airdrops for that reason. Right. Yeah. And and granted, they're not all like that. But yeah, that is really shitty. I think they call it a platform fee. So you have your actual gas fee and then their rationale around being able to charge more is like, well, this is a platform fee, you know, and yeah, I don't agree with it. I I like uh, protocols that don't charge you that extra like when when we do our our spectrum thing and apollo uh, auto compounder rewards doesn't charge you an extra fee on top of the the gas stuff like that is really nice but yeah it makes you wonder about the platform like why are you doing that you know like are you that hard up or well, what's Absolutely. the purpose it's not you know when you consider yeah. the fact every everything in the blockchain is signing a transaction it's kind of irritating to tag that on because Let's say you're staking, you claim, you see the fee. You want to restake, you see the fee. It's like, please, 
it's not what it's not worth it. Let me just keep my USD in my pocket and leave it on Anchor Protocol and forget about the rest because it's too expensive to interact with it. Yeah, and I almost wonder if that's what began the rise of all these auto compounders that we're seeing is people yeah. being like, I don't want to claim this five times a day and get hit with the fees. Like, can you please do it in the back end on a smart contract? And now we have Spectrum, we have Apollo, we have all these other ones that, that do that shit automatically. I mean, even outside of Terra, like that's just catching on. Like I have found myself more and more often taking my daily Osmo rewards and being like, you know what, I'm going to stake this on a chain that I have restake enabled for, which is an auto compounder for various chains, including Luna in the Cosmos, for people who didn't know. So if you're staking Luna, like straight up normal in your wallet, you can have that auto compounded for you um, through restake.app. Um, just switch to the Luna chain. And like more and more often, I'm just finding myself taking the Osmosis daily rewards, which in many cases are like, if I were to put them back into Osmosis, it might be a higher like raw APR, but I'm like, I just kind of want the convenience of auto staking or I'll move them over to Spectrum often. Like I've been moving a lot of money into Luna lately just because I've been loving Spectrum. But I do think, I totally agree. I think auto compounding is really catching on. <laughs> To say the it's least. good to break that addictive cycle because I think we got it early on by having that click and having even like Robin Hood, that app where it had the confetti and everything. Like we see that in these Web3 apps. And I think the more we can kind of get ourselves weaned away from that, the better off a lot of us will be because I bet a lot of us are actually losing money just by clicking these buttons. <laughs> Yeah, you sometimes it's crazy. Like when you when I first got into the cosmos in general, and like Luna too, like the basic stuff, Luna, like that wasn't even a question. Fees were so low in general that you're like, I I can do almost anything, and it's going to be like net positive. But like now you do have to at least just check twice. Like, okay, wait, does this actually like equal more than I'm paying for the fees? Like before, I had a lot of Luna stake. That was the case for if you wanted to, you know, claim all of your various non-UST rewards, like the smaller coins. Like sometimes you yeah. get less. They actually fix that too now. Like in, if yeah. you're on yeah. desktop and station, you can either claim them all in Luna or all in UST, which is super cool. Yeah. But the TX fee is a lot higher, right? Or did they fix that too? It's very high because it's a transaction for converting each of those into UST. So I'm, I'm the kind of person that doesn't look. I click before I it's 25 yeah. cents now. I think with the last upgrade, I noticed the fees in Terra Station seems to be down at 25 cents, give or awesome. take. Because That's before it used to always be a dollar or 55 cents or 75 or something. But because yep. I, 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 I don't stick a lot of um, Luna, I have more of it in um, the pool, the B Luna uh, pool. So I just have um, a token amount staked. So when I get my rewards, I have all cost, all sorts of tokens I don't recognize. So I tend to use that to convert all to UST or all to Luna um, as my way of uh, keeping it in one token. And it's yeah. now 25 cents for that when I do it. So, yep. so for one of the actually points in the table, mate, I really do agree with the fee part of things. Uh, and I think it actually should be improved uh, as the blockchain gets bigger and bigger. Uh, but at the same time, when we're talking about lock jobs, um, there's always a way of hedging yourself. So let's say you put in um, $5,000 into a lock job 
you roughly want to have the same amount of money. You can, it can be like 50, 100, whatever amount, right? Um, and you can have the same amount of money actually in dry powder. So when that dip happens, which historically happens with lunar coins, you want to buy some of the coins at the bottom, uh, hopefully. And uh, in this way, you're actually hedging yourself. So uh, when it actually does go up, uh, you're doubling your winning. Yep. Awesome. Okay, I want to keep it moving. Um, appreciate input from everyone. Um, but Gfio, Gfio, how's hey, it going, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I just had a real quick question for the Spectrum, um, that BPSI uh, deposit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is that because I bought some? It was at like a twenty percent discount. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and I put it on the Spectrum protocol. Is that vested? Like, or can I withdraw that at any time? Um. So, I literally have not tried, but it's my understanding that yeah, any other things on Spectrum you can withdraw at any time and then sell that BPSI. Yeah, and I assume it's the same for that pool. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. someone else also, if I'm wrong, but I don't see why it would be different. I also wanted to chime in. I know you guys were talking about Sift Chain earlier. Uh, I think they have a new front end where you don't have to use a VPN if you're in this United States. So I just wanted to oh cool that up there. Is it the same URL or like a different? Yeah, it's the same. It's their main. If you just you know type in Sift Chain, yeah. it's main one. You don't. I think they uh, migrated it to. A different front end where it's accessible to if you're in the states oh dude nice call out thank you that's good to yeah, know no problem is that like fairly recent i assume yeah it's pretty recent cool they've been doing a lot of changes and i'm, I'm i've i'm pretty bullish on sift chain um i think they have the potential to do really well long term yeah they're like slowly fixing all of the things i had as complaints actually which is just exactly what you want to see in a project. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. That's all I had. Yeah. You use Sift Chain a lot, I assume? Are you, are you a... Oh, uh, yeah, I play around. You have some something there, though? Yeah, I have some there. I have some Osmosis. I have something. I'm all over the place. I will say the Cosmos has this weird allure. Like, even when I, I got frustrated with Sift Chain a while ago, the liquidity pools, and I'll probably be back because they have been improving, but I pulled out everything... And even when I did that, you know, I still left a bunch of Rowan like staked. Like I have something staked in every Cosmos pool or every a Cosmos chain because it just feels yeah, right. Not every, rewards but... are great too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't complain. Uh, JTH, thanks for hopping up here, Mister DeFi Accountant, nineteen seventy two. No problem, bro. How's it going? going good man uh i hope that they get that juno back on track yep yep i i think there there was an update uh az filled us in like the wildest twitter space it started towards the beginning i think they are looking on track for tomorrow at remember what time it was az 2100 us utc i was talking on the on the telegram so it's about 5 p.m eastern for all the people in north america beautiful Nice. So, yeah. Maybe it'll maybe it'll get back to uh, maybe it'll get back to forty five bucks tomorrow. I hope not. I want to buy more at these prices. 
but probably soon enough to be honest if if everything goes as well as we're kind of led to believe by the way devs are handling it like i don't know i have faith i think that it'll be an interesting just learning experience for the community too like why it halted whether or how that is probably a good thing because of like it being part of the safety mechanism um whatever the team figures out as a way to prevent it in future or like fix it now like that's all just valuable it's a scary time but it is a time of learning and that's like one way to look at it i think which is always good <laughs> yeah i mean if you're a true believer in juno i mean it's seriously time to buy some of that nita because i mean nita is cheap right now what's it at that's i i i held my entire airdrop and i just don't even look at prices really for anything whining about it on the Adam, um price speculation space i think it's like 600 us right now maybe yeah 660 that's wild no dude i think it's down to 500 bucks i'm crying in it was worth 3k canadian at one point per i was like i'm staring at thirty thousand dollars and i didn't sell a dime me neither (laughs) no you know what i've been buying it i've just been buying it like every time it goes down 200 bucks i just I buy like five or six more, you know. I mean, because I, I I believe in it, you know. I believe in Juno, really. And honestly, you can get a pretty decent yield on it on Osmosis. Like not bad, and an eighty twenty pool, like that's as close as you're going to get to no impermanent loss. Yeah, it's like over a hundred percent, I think, on uh, on uh, on Osmosis right now. But when raw. <laughs> I'll remember the I know, right? When 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 is I mean, I, I honestly yeah. think they're holding back raw because you know of that of the whole that CCM yeah, situation. Yeah. 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 What do you mean eighty twenty, Tim? What are you talking about? The eighty They gotta be. They they gotta be holding raw back because there's there's no other reason why it shouldn't be out already. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. To answer your question, Mayor, it's um it's kinda like Ion on Osmosis. It's an eighty twenty pool. Like you have eighty percent net out of twenty percent of Osmo. Yeah. Um, so you still no. have a permanent loss, but it is, you know, thirty you percent know, less less susceptible to it than a fifty fifty pool. Okay. You're not talking about the Juno pool. You're you're not talking about the Correct. Juno. Correct. Nope, on osmosis. Um okay. the Neta the, the Neta Osmo. Okay, is that the only pool that's eighty twenty? Uh, Ion as well. Ion yeah. and Neta, got it. And then you know another uh, another pool I threw some some money in when I got the ion drop, uh, the Neta drop, I put into the ion Neta pool on Osmo. Literally, just as like, like there's no rewards there except for swap fees. But I just did a little bit, and my thought was like, um, kind of. L- let's see where this goes as far as their price relative to each other. Sort of to track it. Sort of to just have exposure to both. I don't know. When I like both tokens in a pool, I don't usually look at impermanent losses that much of a bad thing. Like in that pool, let's say suddenly some really good news happens with the Ion Dow, right? And Ion shoots up, but I still have a lot of faith in Neta. Like I can go to that pool, pull out, like got a lot more Neta because of that because Ion just went up. So I kind of use impermanent loss sometimes as like a diversification strategy. Speaking of Neta, quick shout out to our patron saint Tricky, uh, part of the devote, big pioneer of the Devotio Club, and big contributor in the Neta DAO. I was actually watching his initial contributions, which got me to follow him on Twitter in the first place. 
uh, you know, B, we'll call this B, BC, like before Cosmos Spaces. Um, just shout out to Tricky. I know you're listening, man. BC, I love that. <laughs> before Cos BCS. Oh, no, that, yeah, that's too close to Binance Smart Chain. <laughs> hey, Tricky. Oh, Tricky's in listener. I don't want to make you come up. I, I'm wondering, have the Devotio NFTs gone out? Does anyone know? I know the I'm in that. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but they've delayed it by 24 hours because yeah. of Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Imagine, again, we talked about this at the very beginning of this space, um, but like in a way, I am quite glad that this happened now with Juno. And if there are more problems going forward with any Cosmos chain and, you know, the underlying consensus mechanisms and stuff. Like, rather now than when the TVL's 5x or 10x, right? Like, this would be pretty damning if this happened when Juno is at the scale that we all hope and believe it can be one day, you know? So, in that way, it's like, yeah, better now. Better we figure this stuff out when it's young. I'm not going to lie, Tricky, just sitting about Tricky, wow, I'm Timmy, sitting in the space, like... <laughs> I feel like I know a lot about the cosmos and everything. And even though like I, my knowledge pales compared to yours, but then listening to you guys talk about everything, Tara, and I'm sitting here not understanding a word and feeling overwhelmed. I'm like, man, this is what the noobs feel. And I haven't felt that about a space I thought I knew about for quite a while. And it's very interesting to be on the other side of it. Well, okay. Since you know what kind of space this is like this Wednesday space in particular, like, I, I would love to use that. Like, can we kind of introduce you and walk you through Luna and some of the things we were talking about you didn't understand? And like, because I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there's some cosmonauts in the audience here that heard a lot of that. And I was like, okay, I kind of followed because I get crypto, but like, wow, Luna sounds crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's, I will be the conduit of the non-comprehension of Luna. Walk me through it. Let's, let's do this. Beautiful. So what is your exposure to Luna or like pre-knowledge sort of where, where are you at at the moment? So where I'm at with Luna is obviously like a basic understanding of how it works. Like as far as like the algorithmic stable coin, one for the other. Um, I understand that Terra Station is its own wallet and it's a little, I'm still unclear as to whether or not it works on Kepler. Um, I'm definitely unclear as to um, the tokenomics of the coin as far as like is there a cap that's been listed? Where do the staking rewards come from? Is that where the only place where like new coins come from in order to, you know, to put on the market or are they coming from burns of UST? Um, yeah. And then as far as DeFi protocols, I know very little. Cool. Okay, cool. So yeah. So the basic, basic thing with Terra, right. That I think you understand before anyone else is at any point you can turn $1 worth of Luna to into one UST. Or, you know, $10,000 worth of Luna to $10,000 UST. And at any point, you can also do the opposite. You can turn that UST back. And this just creates a system that incentivizes arbitrage and, like, won't get into the kind of deep mechanisms of Terra. Um, but, yeah, that's the selling point. UST is the product of the Terra ecosystem. The appeal of it, the reason it's gaining popularity. The product is its stablecoin, UST. That's a Somebody said that in one space once. I was like, that's the perfect way to phrase it. And then as far as wallets, yeah, that's the first like practical thing people encounter if they're trying to move from the cosmos to Terra before they even hope to understand uh, the DeFi there or whatever. It's just the Terra station thing. So t- 
Terra Chain, the Terra Chain does work in Kepler to an extent. Like if you go and uh, do compound staking on Restake for Luna, where you're like verifying on the Luna chain, it'll actually pop up with a Kepler prompt because all the all the chains in the Cosmos run on at least the same fundamental enough type of blockchain and like Cosmos SDK that uh, Kepler can work with them. Luna is built on like a modified version of the Cosmos SDK. And so it doesn't work as well with Kepler and for as many things and certainly not a lot of its like ecosystem specific products and apps. So that's where the Terra Station wallet comes in. And like absolutely the first thing that trips most people up is not having a Terra Station wallet that's linked to your existing Cosmos wallet. Um, And that like I read an article today because the name of it caught my eye that was like, uh, the crypto wallet is terrible, why it's going away. And I was like, okay, what is this? And it, what his actual point and argument was, was exactly what I'm always trying to say. Like, wallet is a terrible name for it because it makes people think that your coins are in that, that your coins are in the ledger, or in your MetaMask or in your Kepler. And obviously, or or not obviously, obvious to some of us, but not a lot of new people is like, that's not the case. They're on chain. Your wallet is more so your keys to your funds on chain. So the same way Kepler has all these different chains you can manage that kind of feel linked through Kepler, like Kepler makes them feel like they are linked under one account, so to speak. You have uh, Osmosis, Comdex, Luna, Secret, Cosmos Hub, etc. And that's because they're all using the same seed phrase on all those different chains. So if you're a cosmonaut who has a Kepler, it kind of did all that under the hood. You made one wallet with one seed phrase for one chain, and it just started auto-populating the other chains and making them with the same, or accessing them with the same seed phrase. And so the same as goes for Luna, totally. So when you set up a Terra Station wallet, the biggest thing to make sure you do, and the reason I just went through that whole little lengthy explanation, is take your seed phrase from kepler and yes this is like scary like you say never touch your seed phrase never give it to anyone and when you go to terra station instead of clicking create new wallet you do import existing and you put in your seed phrase and so then those two wallets will be like linked that way if you're on osmosis and you have luna let's say you buy it on osmosis and you click withdraw in your assets if you've ever noticed how osmosis always auto populates a field and like you're wondering, where does it know that that's where I want to send it to? It's because it's looking in Kepler and it's asking, okay, like what's the wallet with the same seed phrase? I as osmosis don't need to know the same, same. I don't need to know what the seed phrase is. Just give me the address that like this person also owns. And so when you withdraw Luna from osmosis, if you want it to be in your Terra station wallet right after, you're going to have to have that Terra Station wallet loaded up with the same seed phrase as your Osmosis wallet and everything. So AZ, you might have understood like a lot of that already, but that gave me a good excuse to talk about that because that's like my number one misconception I see in crypto is the wallet thing. And it comes into play most often with the Luna to Cosmos kind of shift. That was straight up excellent, actually. I needed that because I actually have not connected the existing wallet to my Kepler. That was a really good idea. Although for me, my Kepler is connected to my ledger, which is why I can't auto-compound my staking as of now. 
but also lend into some difficulty as to connecting Terra Station to Kepler because they're all kind of bound by the same wallet. Yeah. Yeah, I I do have like a lot of my day-to-day small stuff I do on like a hot wallet that's not ledgered and then like at the sometimes it'll just stay in that wallet and do stuff but then other times like once it's on where it needs to be it'll then go to a a ledgered wallet but yeah that can that can be a barrier for sure um but when possible try and try and do the wallet linking thing um and i mean honestly this this exactly everything i just said about seed phrases it's not just cross chain it's cross ecosystem so like that seed phrase that you used for cosmos that you already have a wallet on Ethereum with that same seed phrase. You can take the seed phrase from your Kepler and go into MetaMask and like import and you'll have a wallet. And like as cross-chain bridges and apps become more common, that might end up being a pretty convenient and nice thing to have set up like a wallet on both ecosystems that have the same core sort of like imagine if Kepler adds Ethereum support, right? Then the wallet that will be on it will you would want it to have the same seed phrase as the rest of your Kepler wallet. So it can still have that smooth, like linked experience, but okay, cool. So wallets, hopefully we're sort of all good. Anyone feel free to pop up too. If people have questions, when we go through something, Um, um, I'm one of those people who's never used osmosis. So I'm, I'm pretty well developed in the lunate system, but I haven't really used osmosis. Um, if I wanted to buy, uh, I think one of the coins you mentioned was Juno or Neto. Yep. Um, what would be the easiest way to send? Uh, I've got a Kepler wallet as well. Uh, what would be the easiest way of sending my UST to um, Osmosis, basically, yeah. through Kepler so, and buy uh, whatever I'm buying? If your Terra Station wallet, like, or I don't even want to say Terra Station because that's the wallet, but like wherever your UST lives, mm-hmm. if the seed phrase for that address is the same seed phrase for your Osmosis and your Kepler, then all you have to do is go to Osmosis and click deposit next to UST. And it'll see it. It'll like see because it's kind of a linked wallet. But if you have... What if I don't want to link my wallet, but I just want to send USD? You just got to send it to your Kep- send it to Kepler, and then... Well, so, so what you... You kind of need to. You have to link on one side. So what you could do is your Osmosis address and your chain in Kepler, you could go take the seed phrase from that on Kepler, go make another Terra Station wallet with that, send your UST from your main Terra Station wallet to that new one. And then from there, you can pull onto Osmosis. So what I've got to do is I actually linked uh, a different Terra Station wallet to Kepler. Can I yeah. send UST to that uh, yep. Terra, Terra wallet and it will just pop up on there? Sure, it should. Yeah. If, if you use, let me, um, yeah, just, I think, I think so, but I want to make sure yes, I'm understanding. Definitely, that's what I do. Okay, so yeah, because well, once you get the UST to to your Kepler, I mean, Oz- I'm actually gonna no, but try like, this out. Try it with like one dollar first. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm you know, if it. you're if you have seed phrase X for your Terra Station wallet and seed phrase Y for your Kepler, if you like try and 
deposit UST through osmosis, it will say you have none because it's going to be looking on, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yep. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, cool. So you just send it like you would send um, crypto to anybody else on another chain. And now that Terra is IBC connected, it will just show up there. Because for many people who have used Ledger, for example, and I had my Terra station way before I even knew about Cosmos, my Terra station was created with my Ledger. My Kepler is also created with the same Ledger. But the paths are different. So the address generated for Terra on both uh, wallets are different. So, uh, so what I just do is I go to Terra Station and I click on send and copy my Terra, co- copy my Kepler Luna generated address there, and that's it. And if I want uh, to withdraw in Osmosis, you can now edit. So, when you are withdrawing, you can change the address generated that's and in that, in Osmosis. Yes, you can do that now. In that that same way, too, there is a, like, power user method where you could skip the step of sending it to your other Kepler. You could do a manual IBC transfer. When you go to assets in Osmosis... You you could teach IBC to somebody who's just asking about Terra and Osmosis on day one. You would make it too confusing because you have to now figure out which relay to use and no i know that's why that's not the first option i explained but karama's wondering like is there a way to do it without linking the wallets yeah you could do a custom ibc transfer and just send it to your kepler address but that's not like a great workflow and not something i would recommend yeah yeah and not something a bit of lunar it arrived um on there but i'm trying to ust now as well so it's beautiful if it works it should work it works believe me i do that every time yeah i do that every time i'm constantly um, i'm gonna add something over here that you know so so the guy was asking how he could buy some juno on osmosis you know with his ust so you know eventually when you get it to um osmosis you know, when you get the UST to osmosis, you, you definitely want to switch the UST to Osmo, you know, and don't try to buy the Juno with UST because it's for some reason, like you don't get the best price and you, I mean, for some reason, I mean, you just don't, you don't get the best deal. You know, well, you always want to, like I found, cause I buy, I buy a lot of stuff on osmosis and I always, whatever I bring into the, into osmosis, I always switch it to Osmo first because there's so much, you know, liquidity there. Of yeah, there's Osmo. more liquidity. See, you don't you have to do that. Down. It automatically to buy whatever you're going to buy. It it automatically does that for you. Exactly. You do I find that. it doesn't change anything. You don't have to do that, JTH. So if if you're trying to trade, let's say, stars to Comdex, I'm just picking those examples because they don't have a pool directly. If you go to trade and you input stars and output Comdex. It's going to do what you're doing in the background automatically. It's going to swap it for Osmo and then to Comdex. Or it might use Atom if the slippage is less, like in the Atom pools, but it'll calculate your best route for you. So you can just go from UST directly to Juno. Exactly. Yeah. Save you a couple steps. (laughs) Thank you. I think the discount you might be noticing, like is some discrepancy somewhere, but I've also looked into it myself and like it, it does end up giving you the same as if you did it manually. 
Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part Cosmos Spaces Space with the IBC gang talking about Luna and Cosmos 101. It's the Cosmonaut Boot Camp, recorded on Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. They can't even say they're making pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund them. Pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark, eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom, just trying to laugh it off. Meanwhile, foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog, like a fake mate and called at the zoo. It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too. I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it. It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music.